Good evening, and welcome to All Those Pumar Takes. This is our 234 take, live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplessis, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show. Merry Christmas, y'all. We're going to have a Christmas party tonight. It's going to be fantastic. I've got three outstanding guests tonight that are going to share some Yuletide joy with you and your loved ones. Hopefully, you've got them all gathered around. Uh, this is going to be like a little, you know, fireside chat, maybe. We philosophies from all over the place. We got Florida, Texas, Minnesota, all represented tonight. It's going to be a good time. So, but before we get to introductions of the esteemed guest panel, we have to thank those people that make the show possible. And that, of course, is our sponsors. Tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate announced recently last month on a broadcast of Cigar Dojo's Smoke Night Live that Drew Estate would once again be partnering with our good friends over at Cigar Dojo to uh, begin shipping the all-new limited edition Undercrown Dojo Dogma Maduro in December to help Cigar Dojo, one of the most trusted online cigar review communities, to celebrate its 10th anniversary in 2022. Ten years ago, the Cigar Dojo was born, a unique platform where cigar smokers all over the world can enjoy a fine smoke together, says Erica Tormson, founder of Cigar Dojo. To celebrate this monumental occasion, we once again are partnering with Drew Estate to create a very special cigar that represents who we are, what we stand for, and why we love of this culture. Like Cigar Dojo itself, Undercrown Dojo Dogma is a cigar created by cigar lovers for cigar lovers. So check out your Drew Diplomat retailer today for the limited edition 10th anniversary Dojo Dogma Maduro to celebrate Cigar Dojo's 10th anniversary. Congratulations to our good friends over at Cigar Dojo, Jordan and Eric. And once again, everybody, welcome to our 234th take. Merry Christmas. It is my pleasure to welcome our guests of honor tonight, sponsored by United Cigar. Smoke one today. Start living united. Misters, Mike, Stevenkevich, Jay Davis, and Garrett Robinson. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Hello. Greetings. Doing great. Is everyone, well. everyone so excited to celebrate uh, the holiday uh, we affectionately call uh, Christmas Day here in this country? I'm sure it's places, other places it's called different things, but here in America, it's Christmas Day. So is everyone, is America. Everyone, America. Is everyone, everyone America. excited. Is everyone geared up? Very yes, excited. Very excited. All right, so I've got a hot button issue that we need to settle right off the bat. I think we should we should tackle this as a as a panel at least. Okay, so there's this age old argument about whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie, but I don't want to have that discussion. I want to ask the obvious question: Why do people get so worked up about it? Why do we think that is? Why do we think that? The, the 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 debate of whether or not it's a Christmas movie is so I don't know on fire shall we say Mike any thoughts do people really get worked up about it people really do I think you know what I mean because people are fucking stupid they got nothing better to do <laughs> no? um, I try I try and I try and numb all that out you know mute it as much as possible so you know we'll stop fighting everybody... about sh stupid shit you just hit the mute button Everybody's got a fucking opinion, and you know, I don't. If I'm not asking, I don't want to hear it. So <laughs> it's really what it boils down for me. So what, Mike? What you're trying to say is you're going to be muting the button a lot tonight if you start. People start just saying, <laughs> <laughs> "No, I mean, I respect everybody's opinion on this panel." So, <laughs> so you know, I want to hear it for sure. Um, but Die Hard is definitely a fucking Christmas movie, and that's uh, you know what's funny is well, I just left the Bucks game, so. They did like a little blip of practice squad and like, what's a holiday movie? What's your favorite holiday movie? Even more controversial. A lot of the players were saying Friday after next. 
So I guess okay. Friday attacks happened. I didn't. I don't remember. I probably saw it, but I don't remember it. But I guess it happened during Christmas time or something. They were all saying that. You know, you really want to stir some shit up. I mean, yeah, talk about some talk about non-traditional picks. I mean, that's definitely mm-hmm. it. So, um, Jay, what 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 about your thoughts? What do you think? Like, I think it's more of a Facebook thing, but I think it depends on your family and what your tradition is. Like in my house, you know, July Fourth, we always watch Yankee Doodle Dandy. And, you know, it's a wonderful life and Die Hard are two movies that we always watch during Christmas. So at least in our house, it's a Christmas movie, but in other houses, it may not be. But I think it's mostly fomented by Facebook. I don't think most people really care. Yeah. Garrett? <laughs> He's getting more nutmeg. Sorry, I'm trying to turn off the, the heater up there. So I, I don't sound as, is my sound okay? Yeah, your sound's great. Okay. It's it's one degree there, dude. You gotta you gotta fucking stay warm, man. Keep thinking going. So I'm and and it's fine in here. So here's it's the social media era. That's that's where the argument came from. Because when the movie came out, actually we did watch it around Christmas time, you know, uh growing up. And there wasn't an argument because people hadn't found the internet yet because <laughs> Somebody didn't post somewhere, you know. Uh, I saw a great comedian that said, um, he was like, uh, the internet is just assholes. He said, go and, and, and post, I love French toast. Come back 20 minutes later, you'll have a bunch of comments like, I hate French toast. French toast is the worst. Ooh, I'm so sorry that you're privileged enough to have French toast when there's millions of people <laughs> starving. Like, that's the world we live in. So, you know, um, more of a waffle guy myself, but that's fine. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. I mean, you know what is what is kind of more fascinating though about social media that I've learned is that there are guys that are on social media that are complete assholes. I mean, they say the worst shit all the time. They shove themselves into the middle of something. They interject. And you're like, this guy is a complete douche. But then you meet them in person and you're like, bro, you're such a nice guy. What the fuck? What are you doing on on Facebook? (laughs) You know? Yeah. What is that? I don't get it. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking of someone in particular. not from the cigar community, actually. It's from my friends from college too. And he, dude, he is a troll like nobody's business online. And he's like one of the most nice. It's like he said, my is like one of the most nice, genuine people like you meet in real person. And it's real in person, like. And I'm yeah. just like, dude, what is what's up with you, man? He's like, he's like, I just don't want anyone to get away with shit. I'm like, get away with shit. Like, <laughs> it's the internet, dude. Like, like they're not robbing a bank, man. Come on. Oh my god. Like, uh, but yeah, he has just this 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 uh, thing about just, you know, just being, being right about on the internet, like, and like, he's a perfectly reasonable person in real life, which is just, it's just <laughs> the weirdest thing. It's just the weirdest thing. So I, I, I just like die hard for a die hard. I've never actually really, I never really gave it thought until I guess until Garrett's point, like the internet was born. Like it really, it just really didn't cross my mind. Is it a Christmas movie? Is it not? I just really enjoyed the film. I thought it was, it was fun. I think Bruce Willis is great in it. And I'm just like, whatever, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, did I watch it during Christmas time? Sure. Do I watch it during not Christmas time? Sure. <laughs> it's fucking diehard. It's great. So, um, 
But I think we can all agree that the original, the first Die Hard is, is de- definitely better than the second one, right? Oh, yeah. I um, I would even go as far as to say that I don't recognize the second one. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel about, how do you feel about the third one? <laughs> That's with Samuel L. Jackson. Did this, this, the one with, uh, with, with uh, Samuel L. is pretty fucking good. But the, sec- the, the second one's one? pretty good for there, the fourth. The fourth one with Justin Long is is it's during it's during the July Fourth, so I have a little bit of affection for it, but okay. um, but it's uh it, it pales in comparison to the original. I think the original is the best, in my opinion. Yep, absolutely. And then there's another one, the last one with this son. I think yeah, I think that probably is more forgettable than the second, which is pretty sad. I, I will agree with that. But I mean, it's Bruce Willis in a role that he's played for like 30 fucking years. So, I mean, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty, pretty good, <laughs> you know, that he could still, he could still make the runs like that and everything. So, all right. So if we, I guess it sounds like we've settled it here, guys. I think everyone should just pay attention to us. Like, don't give a shit that it's a debate or not. Like, just roll with it. Exactly. If, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. It sounds like something you would say, Mike. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It sounds like a mic slogan. All right, guys. Well, we're, we're going to get into uh, tonight's major point, which is always brought to you by our friends at Protocol Cigars. Uh, tonight's major point is brought to you by people. Yes, cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well... Maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Phoebe Cousins, Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P, Protocol, Cigars. So um, everyone, again, welcome. I really, really do appreciate the three of you jumping on tonight. Um, And this was a little bit short planned. from just a little bit ago it wasn't last super last minute but i know you guys had uh, other plans you know mike was probably thinking about you know enjoying uh, a nice leisurely drive home from the bucks game rather than probably leaving in the third qu- third quarter to try to make it home uh, and things like that so i really do appreciate you guys jumping on but i thought this tonight theme tonight's theme was going to be a little bit of fun so uh let me kind of go through it here um i asked so everyone out there uh to our audience i asked these three gentlemen to go ahead and bring tonight a, a pairing with a cigar uh that was holiday themed so uh it could be a beverage it can be a dessert it can be a dish uh it can be a candy it doesn't matter to bear with any particular cigar that they want. So uh, I thought we'd kick things off with that. Uh, I know a couple of you guys kind of went really all out with this. Started with Garrett. He sent me a picture of the spread that he, that he has. So Garrett, I'm going to, I'm going to let you kick things off here. What, what, what do you got for us tonight? Bro. So I've actually, I I'm so excited for this and uh, thank you for the invite. It's truly an honor. Um, I've got quite the spread. So I've got Christmas cookies I've got two kinds of eggnog. Um, I'm starting with uh, the classic eggnog, and then uh, I'm going to get a little bougie and uh, do peppermint mocha nog a little bit later. I also kicked it up a notch, and I've already prepared uh, some eggnog with fresh nutmeg. Now, if anyone hasn't ever done fresh nutmeg in anything that requires it, be it French toast, like we talked about earlier, or eggnog, 
But it's um, great on waffles. I'm sure it's great <laughs> on waffles. I haven't tried it, but think I, I will be doing that. It's a game changer. If you think you like nutmeg out of the the spices that you use in your spice rack and get if you think you love the nutmeg flavor, let me tell you, freshly um grated. Grated, thank you. Grated nutmeg. Already been hitting the nog, I see. Got it. Cool. We're good. So (laughs) that's what I got. And then uh, to kick things off, I'm starting with a Adventura Queen's Pearls in homage of my guy, Henderson, whose birthday is today. Happy birthday, Henderson. Awesome. Happy birthday, Henderson. What's he like? Is 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 he legal drinking age yet? Uh, you know, I think he's close. got one more year. Yeah, he's close. Cool, he's close. cool. So no, no splash of booze in the nog uh, in honor of him. Not, not for so, him though. Yeah. So good, good, good call, good call. Um, so what I noticed uh, that you actually had a brand Kemp's. Is yeah. that okay? So is that a is that a northern thing? Is that a local thing? What what is it's a mid? It's a Midwest thing, uh, upper Midwest thing, um, and. I want to say it's Milwaukee based, um, but I've tried several different eggnogs in in my area, and um, there's some good national ones that come around. But for me, the Kemp's uh, they just they kill it. Um, actually, no, it's a Minnesota company. Okay, there you go. Cool, nice local. I got a local uh, local uh, fair here in just a second. We'll go into, but uh, making his LLC Fumar takes debut did not want to ne- uh, neglect mentioning that Mr. Jay Davis, uh, proprietor of Blue Smoke of Dallas, hanging out at Blue Smoke of Dallas tonight. Jay, what uh, what you got for us? Well, growing up, my dad had a friend who used to work for Archway. Talk about something that's not healthy, and uh, this is actually. Distributed by a company in Charlotte, North Carolina. So shout out to Coop. But I got the crispy ginger snacks. I love ginger. Uh, gingerbread short cookies. Pretty much ginger anything I like. And um, I grabbed three cigars tonight. And despite what you think, my my favorite cigars, the Smoker Tatuaje. This is probably my favorite from Keith. This is the Chloe Glace, which I probably mispronounced. Which I just think is one of the most phenomenal cigars out there. And then a cigar that I'm a big fan of that, uh, and I bought this from Uptown Cigars in Chicago. And this was a gift from uh, Trey Oliva. This is the Oliva 100, uh, the Angel. And this is made by Oliva Tobacco Company. One of my favorite cigars. I've only got five of those left. And then I do occasionally smoke Fuente. I got this at Casa Fuente. (laughs) This is the uh, Black Orchid. Uh, But contrary to popular belief, um, Tatuaje is my favorite brand. Fuente is a close second. But got to go with the Chloe Glees. I absolutely love these cigars, and I wish Pete would make more of these. Ben uh, Ben uh, Ben Lee agrees with you on that. He's a big uh, Tatuai fan too, and a big Opus fan too. So you, that's why I think that's why you guys get along really well. So I think they're similar. I think Carlito wants to re envision the history of Cuban tobacco by using primarily Dominican tobaccos. Obviously, they use tobaccos from 25, 26 different countries. And Pete has a similar mission, but I think he wants to re-envision Cuban tobacco through Nicaraguan tobacco. So I think that's why those two brands are so similar in a lot of ways, even though they're different tasting cigars. Awesome. Well, that leaves you, Mike, that leaves you, sir. 
Uh, what kind of cereal do you have for us, or what what'd you what you bring to the table? No cereal today. Um, I will tell you this: I put a lot of thought into what you what you said as far as pairing, and I'm like, fuck, what am I gonna do here? Because I honestly don't pair my cigars with anything. I usually drink a lot of water when I when I smoke, um, and, and you know, like the, for me, there isn't a combination for a food or a drink that I would say this is what's best for the holidays or even a candy. But what I did realize the best pairing for me for Christmas time when I smoke is pairing it with the conversation of my father-in-law and my brother-in-law and my family members sitting on the patio and kind of getting to catch up with them throughout the entire year and seeing what they've done, their successes and their failures. And that for me is the best pairing for any cigar. So I'm sorry that I kind of fell short, but I didn't want to lie, you know, and, <laughs> and, and the more, more and more I thought about, it, I was like, well, shit, what do I really like to do? What would I, I'm like, damn, that's what I really like to do. And that's really the best pairing for me. So, and that happens mainly only around Christmas time. So that's, that's my pairing. Sorry. Are they on the patio with you tonight? Cause I would just, that would clinch it. They're not here. They'll be here in a few days, you know, and, um, my what's cool is my son. He's he's bummed because he doesn't think that my brother-in-law is going to come into town, but he's actually up in uh, Minnesota as well, bro. So oh, they're they're flying in the the twenty third, which is my uh, my little girl's birthday. So they're going to freak out. And you know we we haven't been able to kind of sit down and connect and and really catch up. So since he's moved up there, so I'm really looking forward to that pairing. Uh, I just want to say, I think, uh, Mike, you have missed a opportunity in politics. <laughs> Spot on. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. And to speak from the heart, man, always. I know. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah, but uh, Mike, Mike, lives, Mike lives too cleanly to be in politics, man. That's the problem. <laughs> So I, I'd, uh, uh, I, Mike, I appreciate the sincerely. I appreciate the uh, the heartfelt thought that you put into it, and uh, you could have, you know, could have half-fasted or done something. Yeah. And uh, but uh, true to four, man, always genuine. I appreciate it. So um, I chose. I, I, I went. I went from pretty standard too. I, I actually had a, a little bit of a disappointment today too. I um, there's a brand of milk products down here called Prem Promised Land. Uh, Jay's probably familiar with it. I don't know if they have, it gets up north or out east, um, but uh, Promised Land Dairies. Um, really, I've always liked it. I've always liked their eggnog. I've, I think it's pretty pretty down immaculate. Went to a couple stores. Uh, honestly, couldn't find it. I was really disappointed, but I went up in, uh, to Central Market, um, which is one of our bougie uh, grocery stores. Uh, I can say that because I work there, and that's where I met my, my, my <laughs> wife, so I can say whatever I want about the place, but uh, I picked up some Overvice Dairy. Uh, they've been in business since 1927 um, and picked up some of their nog, so um just so you guys know, it is a Midwestern product too. So shout out to you, Garrett. It's from uh, from Illinois, Obervice uh, Dairy, and it's gluten free for those of you who are really concerned about my health. Um, but I'm gonna still I'm gonna enjoy some nog tonight. But more a little bit more of a heartfelt story. So my my grandmother used to make uh, uh, dolce de leche all the time, um, uh, but during Christmas time, she would turn it into a cookie. She would only do it during Christmas time. And it was really bizarre, but they were really good. And um, and I have not been able to recreate them 
and I have not really seen them anywhere. And as luck would have it today, I I stumbled into as I said I stumbled into Central Market, and they had uh Dolce de Leche cookies. Um, oh, and so it was. Uh, I had a moment in the middle of a grocery store. Uh, I overpaid for these cookies. I don't care. What's wrong uh, with this with this overgrown weeping man <laughs> in aisle seven? <laughs> um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try that out. But uh, true to form, with my show as always, I always have a couple of cigars for you guys to choose from. I'm gonna take votes. Uh, that's what we're gonna do today. Uh, I'm gonna go with the nog first before the cookie. So I have a unopened box of the Drac Redux from Tatuaje. Well, you got Jay's vote. That's good. I was gonna say that's 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 for you, Jay. Uh, I've got a Postania War Bear, box press Torbo. I have okay. a Nika Reaper by Cordova and Morales. Okay. And I have an Espinosa ten year anniversary cigar as well. So, uh, Mike, <laughs> I'm starting with you. Which one are you gonna pick? Yeah. Well, I mean that's a no brainer for me, bro. I'm gonna tell you the box press War Bear. And what's really kind of funny is. I've had some retailers reaching out to me lately and they're like, dude, have you smoked that cigar lately? And I was like, I smoked one. The last one I had was probably three weeks ago. That was the last one I had left. And, you know, it was fucking amazing. They're like, dude, this thing is money right now. So I think for whatever reason, after, you know, another three or four months of it sitting, um, it creates something even more special than when it was originally created. So Somebody handed me, I think Rudy handed me a Perfecto Warbear at the show and I smoked it and I was like, holy shit, dude, this thing is amazing now. I loved it before. So the box press Warbear, of course, it gets it gets a nod. From, you know. All right. Jay, you got a vote? Oh, the Warbear. I love that. Oh. Jay, I love you, man. I love you. <laughs> Look at I, I might even still have some in stock. Hey, your cigars may not move at a toward pace but that doesn't yeah. mean i don't love them and that cigar is very special i totally agree with you um though i haven't had the 10th anniversary espinosa i'm interested but i, I would choose the warbear nice Thanks, Dave. uh gary you're gonna be out of vote unless you pick the warbear anyway but what but just in, just curious what's your what's your vote <laughs> well before i place my vote my my question to mike is um that war bear, how it's smoking now, is it does it have a lot of spice to it? It's sweeter, it's a lot sweeter. Okay, in that case, not to I mean, I'm being outvoted anyway, but yes. my vote would be um, the, the tat because that for me, when I'm pairing, I like to juxtapose my cigar with what I'm what I'm pairing it with. Yeah. And I think the sweetness of that cigar would get hidden in the eggnog he's about to drink. Right. And that's so, why I add more. <laughs> <laughs> who gives a shit? Add more whiskey. <laughs> who, yeah, I was gonna say, who gives a shit about Bear's uh, blood sugar? It's fine. Um, <laughs> with it. So uh, I'm drinking mine out of a commemorative mug uh, from, uh, they do something here in Grapevine, Texas. Uh, Grapevine, Texas is considered the christmas capital of texas uh they, they they really take this holiday seriously but uh they do an event every year there's a there's a very infamous train station there where they actually do a polar express event uh, i would love to say a few years ago that my wife bought the tickets 
for the kids. She did not. She bought them for me because uh, I love that <laughs> book and I love that movie. And it was a great experience. I couldn't drink what was originally in this cup. It was hot chocolate because I'm allergic to chocolate. But uh, but I'm going to fill it with some noggin and enjoy it with you guys and smoke mm-hmm. a war bear. Um, looking forward to this. So awesome. Um, well, gentlemen, thank you again. Thank you so much for uh, joining me tonight and uh, having a little bit of a Christmas party, uh, smoking some good cigars, having some good conversation. Uh, with some great industry folks. Uh, so I wanted to kick things off, um, you know, with, uh, with a couple of things. So uh, we've already had, we've already, we've already solved uh, one of the biggest problems around the holidays, which is, is Die Hard a Christmas movie. We took care of that business pretty readily and pretty quickly. So, but wanted to bring other, um, other traditions to, uh, to the table for discussion and everything. So um, another one that gets, I like a test. In fact, this was actually a pretty big deal when my wife and I got married, because she was very much on the opposite side of it. Uh, and it's one of the uh, one of the very few battles that I've won in our marriage, and that's when to open up your Christmas presents. So, um, do you do it on Christmas Day or do you do it on Christmas Eve? Um, my wife's European, so apparently that's big in Europe, but that's other parts of this country too. Uh, it's big on Christmas Eve, and some it's on Christmas Day. So, uh, you know, uh, Gary, what did you guys do? Uh, remind me, Minnesota born and bred, right? Yes, sir. So yep. what, what did, uh, what did the Robinson household do growing up? So we were a Christmas Eve. Um, our, our nucleus family had Christmas Eve where we would open gifts and then um, we would go to the other family members, you know, um, in-laws and such uh, or grandparents houses on day. So as a nucleus family Eve and and that's that's kind of the norm here, still, still practiced uh, currently. Okay, uh, and that's and that's how you raised your kids too. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. We're gonna get into our current, like how we grew up, as opposed to like you know what um, we got, um, you know, as opposed to the way we're doing kids, because I know we're all we're all family men, so. Um, Jay, what about you? How did, because uh, uh, I know you grew up in the Midwest. So you, did you grow up in Chicago, right? Or uh, I grew up in the suburbs, but later when I got older, I lived in Chicago. So our tradition was uh, we would open up one gift on Christmas Eve and then the rest on Christmas Day. And uh, that was always exciting because my parents were like Jedis when it came to Christmas. They had uh, separate wrapping paper no cards and everything from Santa. In fact, they use different handwriting. They totally had it figured out. Uh, we've loosened up on that a little bit. We typically will get, you know, if it's a larger gift and we get it early, we'll give a gift early in December and then maybe a couple on New Year's Eve, I mean, Christmas Eve, and then the rest Christmas Day. Um, but, you know, I would say we still keep to that tradition where you sort of wet your beak on Christmas Eve and you do the rest Christmas Day. Jay, how old are your kids? uh 14 17 and 35 okay okay so now it's all about the grandkids right that's awesome though there was one year we opened one gift on christmas eve funny story and one of my granddaughters she was probably three and while we were watching i think it was actually die hard she went into the (laughs) other room and proceeded to unwrap everybody's gift under the tree and we discovered that there were no surprises left (laughs) 
Oh, those, those, I was I was hoping you'd get me those slippers, honey. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> That's oh man. That sounds like something my youngest would do. I don't know. Mike, you and I have had conversations about my youngest. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like it. Um, definitely. Uh, <laughs> Mike, what about you? Uh, now, you grew up north as well, right, before you moved to Florida? Uh, well, I, I was born in Boston, but I still have the majority of the Christmases I remember. They're all in South Florida. Um, so, and it was always Christmas Day. It was never Christmas Eve. We, you know, Polish tradition, we'd always go to my my aunt, my uncle's house, usually in, in Naples, and we would celebrate Vigilia there. So there was never an opportunity to open presents. And, you know, again, when they would like, just like Jay's family, there were no presents on the tree Christmas Eve, it would be Christmas Day, you know, so Santa had to show up. And you didn't really like mom and dad gifts weren't really integrated until later on. And it gets way more depressing at that point, you know, so it's it was always just Christmas Day. So that's kind of how we how we roll in this house. If uh, you know, Santa's got to show up first, man. So we do have Santa. Sometimes Santa shows up on Christmas Eve and he brings a little bag and he has like a little small gift for everybody. Yes. And then he's like, then he's like, all right, I got to go. I got to go deliver the rest of these presents. So and then he shows back up later on. So. Interesting. Um, I. My, uh, as far as that, the, the same tradition goes, like I, and we're doing, and we're actually doing it with, with, with the, our kids are the same thing too, is like they get one main gift and I grew mm-hmm. up that way too, uh, was from them, but like the rest was from like family and, and loved right. ones and friends and stuff. Um, and yeah, we were always Christmas day people, but like, like Jay, like we could, we'd open up, we could open up one present on Christmas Eve. That was, that was mm-hmm. the agreement. So, um, and that was always that was always fun. Uh, I was telling this story last. Um, I think I was telling the story about a week or two ago. But like, we, my house was separated by like these two kind of Western style doors, not like like true saloon doors, like that you could go underneath. Like they went they went top to bottom. Uh, they were swinging doors, but uh, my my parents like put some cable, you know, bungee cable on the other side, so that um, so that we couldn't go in like in the middle of the night to the other side of the house where like the Christmas tree nice. were and all this other stuff. So uh, it was pretty, I was, that was, I remember that was pretty clever. My brother and I tried too. It was to no, <laughs> to no avail, but um, <coughs> good times. Come in. Yeah. I mean, they really did. Yeah. God, you know, God forbid that, you know, you know, anyone listening, I don't want my parents to get reported to like <laughs> CPS like, like 20 years later, you know, but uh but uh, but no, it was it was good because Christmas Day was always and I I the whole Christmas Eve concept like like you know people actually doing things on Christmas Eve as well as Christmas Day. I think it was a it was a television show or a, or a movie of some kind that like tipped me off that that was even possible. Like I grew up well into my teens thinking that that was just that wasn't a concept right. <laughs> until I saw something or um and I couldn't I couldn't believe that people would actually not do stuff on Christmas Day. Sorry, sorry, Garrett. I know it's weird, but, <laughs> um, but um, I, uh, I think that's also like gifts are one of those one of those things that are really, you know, obviously very special, especially depending on who's giving them to you and what. But um, as far as uh, opening presents and everything, 
I think what Mike, what you were talking to about like getting together with family or Garrett, like when you would, you would actually take Christmas day to another part of the family, like that brings up Christmas meal time. So like what, but what was, uh, what was the main, you know, when you're, when you think of Christmas dinners growing up, what was your main meal centered around? Um, was it a ham? Was it a turkey? Was it a goose? Was it a completely different dish? Um, or was it something very non-traditional, like a pizza or something like that? Like what, uh, like Jay, what was, what was the, what was the Davis household like? Well, growing up, it was usually a ham because you had turkey during uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, we kind of altered that. My wife and I first got married. We did production for, for a number of years oh, and then we've done solid. steaks and different things. Um, but I, in my family, it was almost, some, sometimes it was a turkey and a ham, but we always had ham, that was for sure. Nice. Um, is there any particular way that you cook the ham or that the ham was prepared? No, my dad wasn't a very good cook. Um, <laughs> it's a shitty ham, <laughs> shitty ham. <laughs> it was okay. Uh, my mom did all the, the side dishes and those were fantastic. I mean, she did scalloped potatoes. She did mashed potatoes. She did sweet potatoes. We had a lot of potatoes. Um, sometimes there was dressing. Uh, there was always some sort of green bean casserole. There was always the really weird um, cranberries that came out of a can. And then there yeah. was inevitably a salad you had to eat some of, and then rolls, of course. But pretty Did standard fare. We love starch in my household. I'll get to that. I just want to interrupt just because you mentioned bread, of course. That was the comment you said. Like bread with a meal was something that I didn't grow up with. And it was like when I first told my wife that, it was like I. I don't know. I shot our future firstborn child or something. <laughs> I is bread it, like am I am I am I that am I that fucking crazy? Like was bread well, a part of big meals it, for all of you depends. guys growing up? For my for my dad, every single meal I ever saw my daddy at home, he always had white bread, some sort of fake butter, and grape jelly. It was like really weird. Um, we never had cornbread or anything like that until I got until I got older. But that my dad had bread and jelly and butter every single meal that I ever can remember with my dad eating. That was his thing. Fun story. Uh, growing up, my uh, my grandma made these uh, dinner rolls that she called buns, and uh, the the family joke was, "Grandma has the best buns around." <laughs> After I got married, uh, my wife's grandmother also had the same, they had the same tradition and they had the same nickname or the same, you know, uh, fun little thing for her grandmother that um, she had the best buns around. So, uh, yeah, bread, absolutely huge, huge part of. Huge part of the meal. Yeah. Man, I was just. I just never was a thing. Like even with like Christmas and Thanksgiving, like we just, we never had rolls or anything. It just, bread was never a part of it. And apparently I'm just, my family's really weird. Um, Mike, I mean, you too, like you're smiling. So like, yeah, of course, like, of course you had bread too or what? Yeah. You were robbed of, from your childhood, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but ours are like the canned ones, you know, the ones that you pop out, like the Pillsbury Doughboy or whatever. The, round that, that was kind of your standard move for christmas and you know thanksgiving all, all the major holidays those are the go-to 
we would use uh we, we I, I don't know maybe they do uh, margarine or whatever but i'm pretty sure they just use regular butter and stuff but that was we had to have that at every meal you need more of those than you would the regular stuff right Maybe that's what my parents knew because yeah, I definitely I definitely slaved over like half of Thanksgiving dinner I shared it with my brother and sister. Mm-hmm. The cooking duties this year, and that's definitely all my kids ate. It was just rolls. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I I maybe my parents were onto something there. <laughs> uh but but uh but my go like what was what was the what was the the family meal centered around during your holiday season? Was it was it a like I said, turkey? ham something different to the yeah, no it was your standard kind of honey baked ham thrown in the oven you know uh to this day you know my my mother comes up here for christmas and stuff so to this fucking day she always says will there be a ham and uh Brittany always makes her fucking ham nobody eats this goddamn ham she's the only one who takes a bite of it and then she takes the whole thing home you know <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't know, but we're gonna we're also gonna do a brisket this year too, which I'm kind of excited about. So, but and we'll eat that, and then we'll give her the ham. There you so. go. <laughs> well, oh, so what kind of brisket are we talking? So Jay and I are, are in Texas. So are, are we are we doing a smoked brisket? Or are we doing like always roast? smoked? Okay, nice. Always smoked. What what, um, do we, what do we put on it? Any rub or salt and pepper? Like any American should do to a fucking brisket. <laughs> you don't put anything else on a friggin' brisket. That's the rubs are for, you know, pork butts and stuff. Come on. <laughs> You're you know? from, hey, man, listen, Florida's not necessarily known for their barbecue, man. They, they, they could have taught you some weird stuff down there. I don't know these I, things. Yeah. But, you know, I think my problem is that I have friends that are Texans and, you know, I roll with a couple of Texans. I don't know if you've heard of them. But, yeah. And they have some opinions and, and they and they've they've imprinted my life for the most part for the better. But, uh, you know, that's the only way you can do it. Now, I mean, Texas, obviously, a lot of smoking places have open fire concepts, but I'll put it in a pellet. <clears throat> I bought a Traeger. It ain't the fucking same, dude. It's just, it's not. Hey, at least you, you know, acknowledge it. You know, that's okay. That's the yeah. first step. First step, Mike. It's all good. It's, it's good for grilling. I like it for grilling. But the reality is coal and wood in a pellet that, you know, you can, you can control the temperature is the only way to, to go. If you're not, if you're using anything electric, not worth it. I can't imagine Skip or Mike having any opinions whatsoever about barbecue. That's just, that's just weird. It's just so weird. They're to both me. so passive. They're both yeah. so passive. <laughs> All right, um, Jay. What about what about the Davis also? Did uh, was it was it a ham as well? Again, I'm going to be the weird person here in a few minutes here, but what's it? It, it was usually was a ham and sometimes was a turkey uh, growing up. Now, in my household, me and my wife, we've done all kinds of things. I mean, if I have my choice, I like to do fillets. Nice. Um, fillets are, are just awesome. Or a couple of years ago, we did ribeyes. Um, and like I said, we went through like seven years in a row. All we did was turducken. We'd order from a place in Louisiana. And it was real easy for me. You take it out of the packaging and you just throw it in the oven for four hours, comes out. It's perfect. I'd make a stuffing. And then, you know, of course, you'd have rolls and you'd have <laughs> macaroni bread. and cheese and all the other stuff. The bread. I think I, 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 I know Jay already answered the question. I can't believe it. I'm sorry I came back to you, but I think I just wanted you to say turducken again because I, I, turduckens <laughs> are awesome. Uh, I, oh, I, I, wanted to take, I wanted to take a crack at turducken myself. 
Uh, I've also like, but I wanted to like, I want to do it myself. I know they come assembled. I want to do it myself, which is obviously a massive undertaking. Oh, I've yeah. also wanted to take a handed goose. I would love to take a handed goose, like to see if I could nail goose. Cause I've, I've, I've had it before and goose is really good. Um, but I would love to take a crack at that. They're just so fucking expensive. That's the thing. Yeah. But I mean, they're great. You buy them, you, you defrost them for four days and then you cook them. It's easy. The spices are right. You know, now, of course, if Coop's coming, you'd have to have lots of eggnog and uh, you could do, uh, you know, all kinds of egg dishes. I think that would be appropriate. Yeah, absolutely appropriate for Coop. And I'd have to have a, I'd have to have like a parlor or create one of my rooms as a parlor so that he could enjoy all my egg dishes. Uh, Gary, what about you? What was this? What was the family veal uh, re- uh, revolved around? Uh, prime rib. Oh, nice. Okay, so I, I'm not going to be the weird one. This is great. Uh, uh, prime rib was our uh, main dish, both you know, growing up at our home, and then uh, my uncle, who was the master of the prime rib. Um, his was always much better than my dad's, um, and um, now different today, but that's what I grew up with. What do you do now? <clears throat> well. Now we, you know, like Jay, we've done a myriad. We don't have a real traditional meal that we do. Um, I love to do steaks. Um, I love to do, you know, um, Cornish game hens. Um, okay. Uh, family favorite. And then uh, the in-laws uh, do a honey baked ham. So, so the, in-la- the in-laws are yeah. like everybody else. Um, yeah. Yeah, we we growing up we used to have turkey. Um, that was it. We had turkey on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Ham was reserved for New Year's for us, so we did ham. It's not like we were foreign to the concept of ham, but it was always ham, black-eyed peas, and uh, on New Year's Day, like and a couple of other dishes too. But that was like the standard New Year's in the Duplessis household. So that's what we had. Um, um but. We've done. We've we've tried to settle something uh, on a. Uh, we've tried to settle something uh, uh, here, uh, for for us as a Christmas did too. We're like like you guys, like a lot of y'all. We've we've done a myriad of things over the years, um, and nothing's really take. I've I've done I've done enchiladas one year. Uh, we've done prime rib. Um, this year I'm. Yeah, this year I'm gonna make one of my wife's favorite recipes. It's her father's uh, schnitzel recipe. So. Wow. Uh, pork cutlets, pounded down, breaded, fried, and then we're gonna have spatzel, uh, some red cabbage. So we're gonna go, we're gonna go, we're gonna go solid German this Christmas. So that'll that'll make her happy. So stuff. How's everyone's pairing going? I, I saw you grating some more nutmeg there, uh, Garrett. So it, it sounds like it looks like it's going pretty good for you, bro. This pairing, so. Uh, the Aventura Queens Pearls is my favorite cigar to pair with coffee. Um, it is just a, in my opinion, perfect pairing. The acidity levels and everything—it's an awesome pairing. But this may be even better with the uh, the nutmeg, um, especially if you get. So I don't know if anybody knows this, but the the hole around the the nutmeg nut is actually what they make mace out of. Right. 
and that has more spice than the inside nut does. Um, so getting more spice into this has been glorious. It's wonderful. Come on, Mike. Wow. Don't don't sit on the bench. I know you got some comments. Dude, I, was, I almost <laughs> fell over because it sounds like, <laughs> like mid, you're in mid-conversation. He's going like this. <laughs> like, there's no coffee in that fucking thing. It's just liquefied nutmeg at this point. <laughs> Come on, bro. Of course you taste the spice. Can you taste fucking anything else? <laughs> All right. Uh, Jay, how are those, uh, those ginger cookies going? Oh, they're going great. I have to mute each time I eat them because they're so they're crunchy. They're fantastic. <laughs> you know, I don't know what this thing is about Archway. Archway to me was like a convenience store, you know, lower middle class food. But like I said, a good friend of my dad's, uh, he worked for Archway and he always gave us Archway cookies for Christmas. So we always had the, the wedding cakes and the little trees with all kinds of, you know, chemicals on them. <laughs> great stuff to develop all kinds of cancers. Hey, man, I love Archway cookies. Good. Chemicals taste good. There's yeah, I know. Else. I I grew up in Wonder Bread and Tang and uh, Twinkies and you know, that's it. You're still you know, taking formula. You know, you know it was it was considered very um, um, bad taste to actually breastfeed your children in the early seventies. So my parents had all that. Nice. That's crazy. Hey, well hey, Twinkies, man. Yellow dye number five. If, if you didn't get enough of that as a kid, you're just, you're, you're not something. Someone hurt you as a child. If they, if you didn't get enough yellow, yellow dye number five. Um, I, um, I'm really, I'm really enjoying this pairing uh, with the, uh, the war bear and the, the eggnog. This is really good eggnog. There's See, like, what's that? See, it pairs well. Yeah, it pairs well. Yeah, um, I there there are definitely there are definitely some eggnogs that I've had that are bad eggnogs, and not just because they were like past or anything like that. They just don't they just don't taste good. Uh, this is actually really good. So I'm actually I I got completely lucky. I would love to say like, oh yeah, I totally picked this one and everything. Like I said, I went into the store looking for something else. Uh, but this is uh, this is pretty outstanding. Uh, I have an embarrassing eggnog story to share. Oh, we, we got to hear it now. Uh, growing up, we never had eggnog in my house. I didn't know. I've never tasted it. And then when I started dating my wife, my wife's parents had good friends who lived down the street. So the first time I ever had eggnog, I was a senior in college and she made this huge pot of eggnog from scratch that I thought was 90% alcohol. And it was <laughs> frothy and phenomenal. But I have to admit that I never had eggnog till I was 22 years old. Wow. Okay, but it's become a fan favorite since then. My kids, they have grown up in eggnog, but in my house, it was just not something that we ever had. It wasn't like my parents thought it was evil or bad. It just, it wasn't in the palate, right? Well, and which is uh, weird because I love it so much. How about that cigar? Did a Christmas show last year, and uh, Matt Ty had not had eggnog since he was a kid and thought he had hated it, um, and always, you know, just no, no, no. I brought eggnog on the show to do, you know, a similar thing that we're doing tonight. And um, Matt tried some eggnog and I want to go back and, and watch it because the look on his face when he drank it and he was like, what have I been missing all of this time? 
It's delicious. Poor man. And, uh, made him a believer. Mike, do you, uh, any opinions on eggnog? Get your name. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a, you know, and we will get some, we haven't, we don't have any in the house yet, but it'll, it'll happen before Christmas. And what will happen is a little bit of it will get drank and then we'll throw the rest of the carton away because <laughs> that's, that's the standard MO, I guess, you know, but we don't, uh, they, and please more, more, more nutmeg, Gary, more. more. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> So like Bobby um, Lafay is on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we um, don't have that problem. My 14-year-old son, I, I think he's like half, half eggnog. He loves the stuff. That's crazy. No kidding. It could be different this year because, you know, my seven-year-old is now aggressive in the refrigerator. He never really was before where he makes his own stuff. And if, if he gets hooked on it, it could get consumed or at least poured into a big cup and then thrown away later. So... <laughs> Now, you know. I do have a question for Garrett because I can't. Well, I, it's not that I can't, but to me, I don't imagine eggnog if it's not half eggnog, half whipped cream. Do you put whipped cream on your eggnog? Um, if I'm if I'm really feeling the sweet tooth, I will. But sweet tooth is typically not my wheelhouse. Oh, I'm you not were a good sweet guy. Oh well, that's because you're skinny. Like I took some store brought. Uh, cherry pie that my wife bought because no one in my house except for me likes cherry pie throw it in a bowl microwave it for about two minutes put some ice cream and then cover with whipped cream and that's why i'm so fat that that i just love whipped cream <laughs> no and, and then another thing i never grew up with was real whipped cream i was married about three or four years to my wife and she's like got this bowl and she's whipping this i'm like what are you doing she's like i'm making whipped cream and I naively said, well, doesn't that just come in a spray can? So now I'm like very high maintenance. I'm like, honey, can you please make some whipped cream from scratch? And if she wants it, I'll make it. She's like, and it's so simple to make. But, you know, once again, it wasn't in my palate growing up. It was, you know, you get the spray stuff. But when you make real whipped cream, oh, my God, put that on some of Garrett's uh, eggnog. I can't. And then you put some of the eggnog on top. Um, but, yeah, nutmeg. I love nutmeg. I love nutmeg in yep. my coffee. Um, I was actually at the Fuente factory and, uh, the lady made us some coffee and put, and I'm like, what is in this? She's like, oh, I just put some nutmeg in it. So I, I like was in panic mode when Starbucks stopped carrying nutmeg. So now I'm going to go out and find real nutmeg because I love nutmeg in my coffee, particularly French press. So I'm very intrigued by this whole, this whole spiel here. Cause I had never thought about it actually getting the real raw uh, nutmeg. Oh, got to do it. There's your there's your in, man. You've been wanting you wanted a job to move to Texas just be Jay's personal nutmeg. You, you know, can be my valet. There you go. There you go. It's done. Though I, I do I do like cloves and a little bit of vanilla. You wouldn't believe how many things that I cook with nutmeg, cloves and vanilla. Put all of that in your eggnog. Yes. Boom. Um if if I may um, I'm going to be moving on because I absolutely destroyed that Queen's Pearls. Um, <laughs> my pairing is changing. Um, I'm going to go to a peppermint mocha nog. And then here are my two other options. So the Davidoff, Davidoff Art and the Añejo. 888. Yep, the 888. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I would say go with the Añejo and if you have a little bit of cognac or um, bourbon you can add to the to that. Well, actually, that's right. You and I don't drink, but um, yep. 
I can still remember drinking, and uh, that that cognac, whatever it does to the nail, is amazing. I've never had cognac and eggnog. I think I've tried everything else. Can you put the nutmeg on the eight eight eight? Can you just sprinkle it across <laughs> the top? <of> that? <laughs> like a little relish on your hot dog, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Funny Jay's story. A, Jay's a Chicago guy. He'll tell us if that's legal or not. So. Oh yeah. Well, I was in the Dominican once with uh, um, Jean Michel from Saga Cigars. And he was horrified. I was showing him how to pair ice creams to different uh, cigars. And I said, I really like the chocolate flavor. And then I took Hershey's chocolate or whatever the equivalent is in the Dominican. And I poured it on the wrapper of my cigar and smoked it. And he just had this horrified look at his face as I finished the cigar. Like, I can't believe that you did it to a cigar. But after seeing what Schwarzenegger did with tequila to a cigar, I don't feel too guilty. <laughs> but try it. It makes an awful smell, but it makes the cigar unbelievable. <laughs> the FDA is now monitoring our uh, podcast. Yeah. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> but apparently the Giants won. Yep. Well, that's good. Does anyone on this, does anyone on this panel really care? Or just Coop? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I quietly root for the commanders. You know, I do kind of like, uh, I like the, the players on that team. So I wish they would have won, but it's not a, oh, man. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Steelers fan. Um, but I will say this, I, I love football and I can't remember his name right now, but whoever the coach is for the New York Giants, that guy deserves credit. He's done Dable. a really good job turning really Dable. He's done a really good job turning that uh, franchise around. So I'm happy for the Giants fans out there. Yeah. Um, but of course I always root against them when they play the Cowboys. Yeah. Well, and how about the greatest comeback in NFL history? Yeah, congrats wow. to your congrats to your Vikings, uh, Garrett. That was uh, that was pretty that was pretty incredible, man. That was, that was what the Bills had to hang their hat on, that they had the greatest comeback in history against the Oilers. And and then losing they, – they, they had that and to hang their hat on after losing four Super Bowls, but you took that away from them. So now they're miserable again, Bills Mafia. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Good stuff, man. Oh. Were, you, were, you, were you able to watch the game? So <clears throat> I was driving to a shop that was about an hour and 20 minutes from my house. And when I left – the game started maybe 20 minutes into my drive and I listened to the game on the radio until it was 17 zero. And I am just, I'm yelling at the radio. I am furious. And I turn the radio off and I get to the cigar shop uh, just before the half. Um, and it was 30 to zero. And I was like, why is this still on? And, you know, of course uh, it uh, continued to play. And, um, yeah, the second half, it was like unbelievable. I can't even explain it. I, um, I'm surprised I have a voice today. Did a lot of screaming and yelling. It was good. It was amazing. I feel like, like Matt Ryan and Jim Kelly are going to like start a club, you know, basically. I feel like just like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, you know. I, I have no love for the Bills, but Jim Kelly was a great quarterback. I'm sorry, yeah. Matt Ryan is not fit to tie his shoes. Wow, okay. All right. I, I've always been a Matty Ice fan. I, I agree with you on Jim Kelly. I think he's I can think he's completely underrated. Uh for a guy who went to four Super Bowls to be underrated, but like by losing those, I think people you know really really undercut him, you know, in, in you know, he got there. Yeah. I mean it's it's nope. not easy, you know. It's it's definitely not easy. So, and that, that's uh, a very loyal fan base too. I got to give a lot of credit to my friends in Buffalo. 
What else are they going to cheer for? <laughs> Wings. Hey, they're they're big the, hockey fans too. The fucking waterfall. I mean, what the fuck? There's nothing else. <laughs> well, we got this thing. The, the water goes down. It's misty. <laughs> you know, I just, went, I just went to Buffalo. Bro. I went. I was in Buffalo recently, and there's a lot of great people there for sure, for sure. But you know, goddamn, they're all about them bills. There's nothing else going on. I'm like, holy shit. You guys got to calm down. It's our year. I'm like, it might be. Just relax. The season hasn't started yet. No, that, that team, they'll commit a turnover or something at a strategic point. I, that team, to me, doesn't have the DNA to win a championship. Yeah. You're I mean, here first. I've, been, I've, I've honestly been saying the Bills should win this year, I feel like, for the past four years. So you're probably right. I can't, you know, they'll, they're going to fuck it up somewhere. You got every weapon possible. You know, and when Josh Allen hurt his arm, they started utilizing the run more. They kept winning the games. I'm like, and the, their defense is amazing. I'm like, okay, yeah, they can, they can get it done. But, Jay, you're probably 100%. Yeah, wait right. till he breaks his shoulder. My hot take yeah. this last couple uh, months has been, I think when I look at, um, you know, obviously Mahomes is an incredible quarterback. Mm-hmm. But, man, you, you look at, um, see, here comes the memory of the Bengals quarterback. Joe Burrow, um, Burrow. To me, Burrow might become the the Brady to Mahomes, Manning. Uh, that guy just knows how to win, and he's he's just awesome. He he's cool he just party. doesn't free he doesn't freeze up in those moments. And I'm just afraid that you know um, Josh Allen is going to you know fumble the ball or throw an interception or something in a crucial game, and Burrow's not going to do that. Uh, that la- cool. I, I think Burr. I think Cincinnati is going to be very dangerous in the playoffs again this year. Yep, Burrow is cool. Cool as the other side of the pillow, man. I, I mean, mean, zero fucks. <laughs> I mean, name a guy that could not get the starting position at Ohio State. He goes to LSU, has one of the greatest seasons ever, wins the Heisman. He's got nothing but great respect for Ryan Day in Ohio State. To me, that's very classy, and he just seems to just be cool as a cucumber. Um, that guy's he's dangerous and he, and he seems to me guy. to be like Brady. And he likes cigars. Yeah, and he loves yes. cigars. Mm-hmm. That's always a positive too. Yeah. No uh no uh, avocado ice cream that we're aware of, but no. hey, whatever, Ooh. teach their own. Avocado <laughs> ice cream. That's uh t- that's the Tom Brady special, man. Listen, he's got more rings than a sing- any single franchise, bro. Hey, so no, no they what you, you want. Yeah, avocado ice cream. It is. Yeah, avocado ice cream. It is. <laughs> hey, all I can say is I was so happy that he he unretired so that poor my buddy Ben Roethlisberger didn't have to go to the same Hall of Fame uh, ceremony as him. Uh, Brady is just he's the, the greatest winner maybe in any sport. It's just it's yeah. unbelievable. If he winds up in Miami next year, it's the biggest fuck you the Pats. <laughs> I don't know why, but I kind of hope for him. And I'm not a Brady guy, but, you know, I'm a sentimentalist. I'd love to see him go to San Francisco and win the Super Bowl because yeah, his cool. desire was to always play there. And good for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just wanted to um, bring this back real quick. Then we're going to go – we're actually going to jump into one of our fun segments here on the show. Um, but uh, I, I know we're, our pairings are going well. Mikey, uh, I know you, you tell us that you're uh, – you usually pair it with good conversation or anything, but what, what I didn't ask, what, what are you lighting up? What are, what are you actually smoking tonight? 
Well, I just finished the Phosphoro, uh, the Corona, which is Jeff Mute's cigar. Um, it's that's an amazing cigar. I really loved it, and you know, I was fortunate enough to take on dis- distribution for him as a recent. You know, it's like when a friend of mine t- makes a cigar, I'm going to support him. So I reached out and said, "Look, I want to buy. I'll buy this, this, and this." And I I took on the stuff. But it was all fucked up along the way. So, you know, uh, the order came in and the invoice came in. I'm like, this isn't what I exactly what I ordered. And he's like, oh, shit. I'm like, whatever, dude, just send whatever. So he sends it. And then then what arrives is what I ordered. I'm like, OK, but now I need more because you invoiced me. He's like, oh, fuck. OK, I'm like, dude, <laughs> I do this for a living. Let, I can just do this. I, let me help you. And you can, you know, keep doing what you're doing. You know, you're having fun in, in, in San Juan del Sur and Esteli and you're running your business and you're making great cigars. Like, you know, let's play to each other's strong suits here. He's like, yeah, you're right. That's, this is fucking dumb. I'm like, okay, cool. So I've been hooked on them. I've been smoking a ton of them lately. So the phosphoro was where I started. And then I just, I just upgraded to the, to the Postania Broadleaf. For, for whatever reason, I smoke the Bellicoso format. I think that that's the best one for the flavor profile for the broadleaf. So um, that's what I, I just I moved to, and I got a Guaymaro if, if depending upon how long how long Bear goes. So how are you? How are you feeling, Mike? Because a couple times we've done this before. Here. I'm I'm a hundred percent today. Hundred percent today. Hundred percent today. Yeah, you know. But uh, yes, there I, we have had a, a rough past. You know. <laughs> I've had stomach viruses and all types of other shit, but you know, Hey, at least I didn't, I didn't cancel. I, I, I held out, I put on a show. Um, you know, if you're going to, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big believer in if you, it, unless it's really bad and I really can't make it, you know, but even if I had a, a fever of a hundred and two, I'd be like, let me see, let me ice up. You know, it's only an hour or two. We'll do it. You know? So, I mean, shit, I was at a bucks made it you know i appreciate it mike you're a champ so um let's uh so let's go into uh tonight's uh united cigar presidential trivia question it's gonna be multiple choice guys uh so don't feel like you have to be uh up on your presidential history but it is uh, christmas related so uh let's go ahead and get started uh of course this segment is brought to you by united cigars Featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Adabe and Byron lines. And now Alfonso as well from Selected Tobacco. So smoke one today and start living united. All right, so here's the question, gentlemen. Uh, something going on with the game, Jay? What's, there's a lot of excitement going on. Oh, my wife walked in my office to give me a Diet Coke, and apparently I'm in a cloud of smoke, and she was moving the door back and forth. <laughs> there's no ventilation in this office Jay, jay's hot boxing it for us so we got all kinds of sacrifices going on here so during uh during whose presidency did the tradition of putting a decorated tree inside the white house begin was it a benjamin harrison b abraham lincoln c woodrow wilson or d franklin d roosevelt garrett coming to you a really good question um i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with woody woodrow wilson mike 
Damn, man, I was hoping to go with Jay first because I feel like Jay knows. Um, I can go to Jay gonna, if you want to. You want to? No, no, I was actually going to guess Woodrow. I was totally shot in the dark, but I was going to say Woodrow Wilson as well for some reason. Um, I feel like that's right, but the college professor was the guest for two of these people. Jay, you you're going to go with the the crowd? You got you got a different answer here. I have absolutely no idea. But I'm going to take a shot in the dark. I would say because of all the personal tragedy that the Lincolns are going through, um, particularly with the melancholy, um, I'm going to hope that it was the Lincolns. So it was actually Benjamin Harrison. Whoa. So, yeah, it was actually Benjamin Harrison. So uh, Benjamin Harrison's actually comes from a pretty prestigious uh, family. Uh, his, uh, his great-grandfather, William Henry Harrison, uh, shortest president in history. Uh, not height wise, but length wise, he uh, caught a cold on his inaugural speech, as everybody knows, and died a couple weeks later. So, um, Benjamin Harrison, though, was the uh, was the first person to put a tree in the White House. So, decorating a tree, uh, Christmas trees, probably became popular, obviously, before that and everything. So, um, there was another question that I was thinking about asking, though, what um, tonight was, and it, I, I really wish that Eric Thompson was on here so we could we could ask it. It has to do with hallmarks. Uh, in what year did the official White House Christmas card created by Hallmark uh, uh, Company uh, actually get published? So he, he probably would know that one. Any any uh, any any guesses? I'm gonna go 1932. 1932. Any other guesses? Jay, you're gonna guess. I'll I'll guess 1920. I'm going to say 1923. I feel like his price is right. Nice. Uh, got the last number right there, Mike. It's 1953, actually. Oh. So, 1953. Um, but um, I, I really think that uh, I really, I, do, I really do like some of the traditions that uh, that the White House does with Christmas. That you know, the president seems to really kind of. You know, take a lot. We've had different, you know, speeches, of course, during Christmas time and everything like that. And, uh, um, you know, of course, you know, Roosevelt's fireside chats and everything was kind of based on based on uh, the king of England used to do a annual Christmas address to the kingdom and everything that later also got broadcasted on radio, which was kind of like the whole center was was actually featured in the movie uh, King's Speech. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, but um that, that that became a that became a tradition for our for our uh, country's head of government too was was giving a speech on Christmas and a little Christmas chat and everything. So, um, but uh, here's a here's another twist of twist of fate on this question. So, a there was actually a U.S. president that actually banned the Christmas tree from inside the White House for environmental reasons. Um, so uh, anyone. Uh, I'll, I can give you some choices on this one too. Uh, was it uh, A. Bill Clinton, uh, B. Richard Nixon, C. Teddy Roosevelt, or D. Barack Obama? Who was the first president to ban the Christmas tree from inside the White House for environmental reasons? Okay. Got to be Obama. <laughs> I'm well, guess Teddy. Instinct was uh, Clinton. Before okay, so, you get the choices. So Mike says Teddy. You say Bill Garrett, and and uh, Obama was uh, was Jay's guess. Can we all be wrong? No, actually, Mike got it. Teddy Roosevelt. Nice. Boom. Oh. 
No, no one gets no one gets Nixon. Yeah. Tricky Dick wasn't gonna throw out the tree. So <laughs> it's a little fuzzy on what um on what the reasoning was being an environmental reason. I I tried to dig in some more to find out like what was it like an allergen thing? Was it in like I mean, we know that Teddy was a big uh, environmental guy. Like he, you know, set up the national park system and stuff like that too. But, yeah. but I'm not sure if it was like, you know, in, in you know, clear cutting allergies. issues. I have no idea. Yeah, I tried to do some digging on it. Big I mean, I didn't get a big stick. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Nice. Uh, well, not really because he threw out the Christmas tree, so he wasn't walking with the stick after all. <laughs> he didn't have the stick. He didn't have it. Uh, Nice, uh, nice pulling of the quote, though. Per- perfect. Well, um, well, gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, humoring me. And this is one of my favorite segments. I love presidential history. Uh, it's it's one of my uh, favorite parts of the show and everything. So I appreciate you guys humoring me with it. Uh, as always, this segment is brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Gian Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron lines. And now Alfonso is well available from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living united so uh we're going into our next segment for tonight which is our charity segment and this will actually go into the next series of questions for us for christmas uh our christmas party here on ls fumar takes um but tonight's charity uh, we are featuring um i actually picked it um um it was uh toys for tots um which is a wonderful um wonderful charity that was started by the u.s marine corps um, and is now an official charity run by a board of directors that are all former Marines too. So uh, in order to be on the board of directors for Toys for Tots, you have had to have served in the Marine Corps, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but their mission's pretty awesome. You know, their entire mission is uh, to is to collect new unwrapped toys and distribute those toys to less fortunate fortunate children on Christmas. Pretty pretty awesome. No fluff. No pomp, no circumstances, just toys for kids on kids on Christmas. So, um, have any of you guys ever done like Mike uh, and Jay? I know you guys run a shop. Have you guys ever done because they have those drop boxes? Have you guys ever done toys for tots or or I'm sure you've probably given to it sometime in your lifetime. But like, have you guys ever done anything with your stores or anything like that? Uh, not with toys for tots, but with other charities. Yes, I know you're a big supporter of cigars for warriors, Jay. Like, what what other charities have you done at uh, Blue Smoke? Uh, we, we've given a lot to the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. We've given a lot to Southeastern Guide Dogs, which is a charity that Bobby Newman turned me on to. Uh, they provide, they train dogs for people that are completely blind and for wounded veterans. And they've never had a veteran they gave a dog to who killed himself. Uh, so we give a lot to those two charities. Uh, we also have uh, done a number of things for the local kidney foundation here. Um, and then a, f- a few others. And a lot of times people will come in and they're doing a, a fundraiser and will donate really high-end ashtrays or a couple boxes of cigars. Um, but those are probably the three biggest ones. Mike, have you guys ever done anything at Cigar Hustler uh, related yeah, to charities and stuff? We've done toys. I don't know um, who they were for. We've done that in the past. Uh, we obviously do cigars for warriors sometimes. More often than not, usually when we do something that's more geared towards somebody that's in in the uh, that's like our, our consumer that's needed in, in help or whatever. Um, you know, we have we've had some guys that have had some bad luck, and we'll build sampler packs and just donate a hundred percent of the of the entire sale. To, to helping them get right or whatever the case may be, you know? So that's usually where, where we kind of g- go towards. Um, 
I never really never really linked up with a particular sponsorship for you know corporations just never and just never manifested you know but i i mean i can tell you off the top of my head there's several people that we've done things for um who just kind of found themselves in in, in a rut or in bad luck and they didn't ask us to do it we would just do it so um that's usually where it goes Gary, what about you have you ever uh have you guys ever done anything with toys for tots up there um is part of the Robinson family or any of the you know places of work that you've worked or anything like that? Yeah, we've, uh, we have done, we've been a uh, donation location for uh, Toys for Tots and other local charities. Um, you know, I was a, a pastor for a handful of years and was involved with uh, Salvation Army and doing bell ringing during the holidays. Um, and hats off to, you know, uh, people who volunteered to do bell ringing uh, for the Salvation Army. That's not a, it's kind of a thankless um, job most of the time and an annoyance for a lot of people, but uh, it is an important part of, of that uh, charity. So um, shout out to those people and um, yeah. What was a, uh, like, you, you said that you worked when you were, uh, when you were a member of the clergy, uh, Garrett, you worked a lot with the Salvation Army. Like what, you know, what, uh, what type of specific work did you, did you like raise goods? Did you help organize things? Like what, what was your kind of role? Did you kind of just do it all? I'm just curious. Um, so early on, even before I was clergy, I just had this heart for the homeless. Um, um, I, I saw a uh, homeless man actually get murdered. And it completely, wow. as a you know, eighteen-year-old kid, it uh, completely changed my view of of homeless in, in an instant. And from that point on, uh, I just had a, a deep heart for that community. So, um, specific work that I did with the Salvation Army was around getting the right. Um, care packages and the things to the homeless. And um, so going around to some of the encampments, going around to some of the hot spots, um, since there's, you know, I, I wanted to be outside of the soup kitchens because they were already doing a, a good job for what they're doing. You know, the soup kitchens, the shelters, um, I wanted to go and reach the people that either didn't want to be a part of that um, community and, you know, things that people don't think about. Um, do you know the number one requested item from homeless people? Can anybody Docs. guess? Toilet paper. What was it, Mike? Socks. Tampons. Wow. The number one requested item is, is tampons. Oh, wow. Um, just something that, especially men, we don't think about, you know? No. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, toilet paper is a big one, um, Advil, um, and things like that. And then obviously in the North, um, things like socks, gloves, hats, um, are always huge. So <clears throat> bringing the, the supplies that are needed to those who are in need, um, was a big part of how I gave back with the Salvation Army's help. That's terrific. So I'm just to part of your story here. Were you, were you 18 or I the, 
you were 18. Okay. So not the, the, not the man was 18. Okay. Yeah. My gosh. What a, what a horrible thing to witness as it's a, well, such a young age. Yeah. Um, you know, just this guy who saw this homeless guy was not panhandling, was just minding his own business. And the guy just literally beat him to death. Oh God. It's awful. That's terrible. Well, I, it's awesome that you, and you, and you still continue some of this work today. Not as much as I have in the past, but it has been a, a thing that me and my kids will do. We'll go to the dollar store and get a handful of bags together and, and go out and do it. Nice. Um, and my one rule that I, you know, and I'm talking about this only because you're asking me my one rule that I tell my kids is, you know, we don't, um, I don't want you to tell your friends or uh, publish this because once we're seeking accolades or pats on the back for doing this kind of work, it really defeats the purpose and it takes away from, from the good work, you know, unless you want to invite friends along to come along and do this cool thing. Awesome. But this isn't something we brag about and talk about. We do, we do it out of the heart and the goodness of, of doing that work. That's awesome. Well, well, gentlemen, thank, um, thanks for sharing some of the stories. Uh, I mean, we're going to hopefully talk about something a little bit more cheery here in a second, Garrett. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll yeah. appreciate it. Uh, but uh, that's really awesome that you and your family continue to do that work. Um, as, as always on this show, guys, uh, I, know you, I know you all have been guests or, and have, uh, or in Jay's case, I know you're a very loyal viewer, so you know what I'm going to about to say next, which is uh, tonight uh, my family and I will be making a small donation and all three of your honor to Toys for Tots. Uh, so if I'm going to call an audible here, uh, Garrett, I'm going to make, we're going to also double down and donate to Salvation Army in honor of you and your family and all the work that they've done. So, uh, but appreciate y'all for, uh, for, uh, for being on the show tonight, talking about it, and uh, and doing all the things that you do in your shop, Jay, or and and your and your store as well, Mike. So thank you so much. That's it's a great segment, Baron. Uh, one of the things I really enjoy about your show is that you know we all smoke cigars, but you know our lives are much bigger than that. And uh, I love the fact that you bring awareness to so many different types of charities on your show. It's awesome. I think this. Uh, thank you, Jay. I think that's the, been the the fun, the most fun for me, is just is just having giving everyone a platform to talk about what matters to them, because like you said, we're we're all cigar smokers, but we're we're all other, you know we're all people too, and we all have different passions and everything. So it's 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 pretty cool to talk about that. So thank you. Um, but we we talked a little bit about kids, uh, you know, with Toys for Tots and Salvation Army and all this other stuff. And um, but it kind of goes back to what we've been talking about all night, which is Christmas and everything. But what was when you were a child, if you could go back to the kid version of yourself, what was the thing you looked forward to the most with this season? So, Jay, I'll, I'll let you go kick things off here. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to laugh, but uh, the Rose Bowl. Um, Christmas was always this very hectic time in my house and literally as, as quickly as I could get from Thanksgiving to the, the first of the year, because uh, it, it was always a very tumultuous time. So I always enjoyed the Rose Bowl. Um, that really changed when I met my wife. Uh, my wife is the oldest of seven children. And I remember the first time that I had Thanksgiving at their home and then Christmas, I was shocked that they all got along. 
Nobody was screaming. Nobody was yelling. I'm, I'm not saying I had a bad childhood, but I do not have a lot of fond memories of, of the holidays. And ever since I've been married to my wife, we've been married for 30 years. It's become uh, my favorite time of the year, but it was not growing up. And a, a lot of it was just seeing my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, and the love they had for their children. They, they didn't always have a lot, but they always had just great love and care for one another. And I just have always enjoyed spending time with them during the holidays. So we've tried to pattern after that and make it a very light time and make it very positive. That's awesome. The Rose Bowl, that's, uh, that's crazy. Well, well, you grew up in the Midwest. You always root for the Big Ten team. And for a long time growing up, they would always get beat by the Pac-10 team. Um, but, you know, I still enjoy the Rose Bowl. But I really, like, I'm lo- really looking forward to Christmas coming up this week. And uh, when I was a kid, that was not something that I looked forward to. Um, so I've taken out one of these Dolce de Leche cookies and talking about t- going back to one's childhood. Um, I don't know if you guys can see this, the filling on here. Ooh, yeah. That's, it's so good. <laughs> they did a really good job. Um, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying this. This is crazy. So, um, uh, one of my favorite, tra- uh, favorite traditions is, of Christmas was always, we didn't, um, we didn't get together as a family much, like an extensive family. Like, you know, Garrett was talking about how you would go to the other side of the family. That's what we did on Christmas too. Um, but we didn't really get together much as a, as a large family very often, kind of like what Mike you're looking forward to as well. Um, but um, that was always the best part for me. It was just to see my, you know, my uncles, my aunts, my cousins, you know, um, my grandmother's probably our closest relative. My, my father's grand, uh, my father's parents, um, I'd never actually, I, um, his mother died before I was born and his father had this deathly fear of flying and we didn't grow up with a lot of money. So we couldn't fly to go see him and he couldn't, you know, come fly to see us. Um, and he lived up in Maine and we were in Texas. So that was a, it was pretty difficult, uh, you know, problem for us. So, um, so I didn't really get to have a lot of time with extensive family growing up. So that, that was something that I always looked forward to. Um, Mike, what about you? What was, uh, when you were a child, what did, what did you look forward to the most? I think the thing I looked forward to the most was Vigilia, uh, in Naples when I would go and see my, my grandmother and she would make pierogies from scratch oh. and they were fucking amazing. And, you know, like if I, if I could tell you anything that I remember the most and what I missed the most it's those, you know, um, because I, I, you know, I I don't even know what the hell she did. I know that it, it took a tremendous amount of time to do. It was probably a a two day process, you know, probably 20 hours of work. And, um, that's probably what I, what, what I remember the most, what I love the most and what I miss the most from growing up. So when you said you would go to Naples and what was the word you said? uh vigilia yeah what yeah what is that so it's like a christmas eve tradition and what's really kind of cool is it kind of faded away like as when she passed um we kind of had the we parted ways for like family had differences and issues and stuff but i never had any issues with any of them but you know they you know my mom and my dad they didn't get along with um my wife's or my, my 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 dad's sister and their family. So it all kind of, they parted out, but Vigilia is like, um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's based like it's Catholic. So there's no meat and you know, it's, so it's, it was, you have, you have like shrimp and, um, uh, we would never have beets, but beets are part of it. And then pierogies were always the big, big part of the meal. Right. And, um, you would, there's this, there's this piece called a platek that you would pass around. It's almost like, um, like if you go to church, you get, you know, the body of Christ or whatever. So you, like, it's almost like that, but you, it's like a wafer and you break it apart and you, everybody gets a piece of it. And, you know, you wish them in, you know, to a happy new year, you tell them, you know, what you're happy for their accomplishments and stuff like that. And, you know, you would hug them and pass it on. So it, that, that whole tradition kind of faded away out of my life for a period of time. And one day we were sitting with my wife and uh, my wife and I were sitting talking about, you know, Christmas Eve. And I was like, oh shit, like Vigilia. I remember Vigilia. That was amazing. We should start doing that. And we picked up the tradition in our house and now we do it. Um, we've been doing it for about six years. This will be our this year. Uh, six, six this is our sixth year. Yeah. yeah. So um, we started doing it and it, it, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's close to my heart. It's a big deal for me. I love doing it. And we actually, the one year that we did it was uh, the first year we actually, that we started the tradition. Um, my father came up and we did the whole thing and then he passed shortly thereafter unexpectedly. So like now it's even more, you know, um, family tradition, more locked in, like this is we're doing this, this is this is happening every year. So um, yeah, it's, it's a big Polish tradition. So, that, but your, you, your dad got to experience it one more time before he passed. Yeah. Suddenly. Oh, that's, well, that's awesome. Yeah. That part's crazy. Great. I mean, you never know, dude, life is short, dude. You just never know, mm-hmm. you know, um, you, you're here one day, you're gone the next. So he had a massive heart attack and, and he was gone in February, you know, two months later. So, goodness. yeah. Sorry, Mike. You know, I, 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 this is your fourth time on the show and, and uh, true to form always by your side is, is, is Brittany. And I, I always mm-hmm. want to, I always thank her for, for joining us here. We're, we're going to get her on. She's going to be a guest next time. She's you. my number one fan, bro. She's a, you know, she watches, she listens to all the pod. We review every podcast and everything, you know, like uh, we're a team, you know, through all of it. So. Perfect. Yeah, but Derek. yeah, man. When I have her on, she'll. I mean, she'll. <laughs> she's shaking her head no right now. But, you know. <laughs> Gary, what? Uh, what about you, child? Uh, your your childhood. What? Uh... My favorite childhood tradition uh, came to a screeching halt, but it was uh, every year going and chopping down our Christmas tree. Um, so up until I was eight years old. Uh, we went to this same place, um, and and as a you know eight and under kid, it's just you know it just looks like a bunch of pine trees, right? And so um, eight years old, we you know my dad lets me take a couple whacks at it with a with a hatchet before he ends up cutting it with a chainsaw, um, you know, and that was my fun little manly you know pieces as a kid that I I just I loved that part of it. Uh, so my eighth Christmas, uh, we get the tree down on the truck. Um, we pull into the driveway and right behind us is a, is a, is a cop. And, you know, I don't, I don't know anything. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) So my dad and mom say, you know, go into the house, go into the house. Um, I didn't find out for many years later, but we had we had been poaching <laughs> trees 
my entire life <laughs> up until that up until that point, you know, at some poor neighbor's house. That's amazing, um, dude. So my, my favorite thing was being a criminal. <laughs> I think you need to bring that tradition back. Yes. Get together with your kids. You need to start hitting the neighbor's house, bro. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Listen, we're going to go to Dollar Tree. We're going to round up some great stuff for some homeless people. And then we're we're gonna take out a neighbor's tree's house. That dude, that is that is the that is a balanced that is that is a balanced attack for tradition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some of the dumbest shit I did when I was a kid, I, we would get drunk and go out and steal stop signs and, and speed limit things, all this other shit. And then one day we're sitting in front, we're hanging out with some people and telling these stories, and they're like, we should go do it right now. And I'm like, yeah, let's go do it. <laughs> I couldn't run at the same speed, you know, like everything would hurt a little bit, but we still did it. You got to do it, Garrett. You have to live this. Come on, <laughs> Yes. Matt's going to wake oh. up tomorrow morning and be like, why the fuck is our tree gone, honey? Because <laughs> you know, the, you know that is the new slogan for how about that cigar. There you go. You know that's who he's going to, whose house he's going to. He's going straight to Matt Ty's. Or <laughs> he's going to Justin Lawler's house. They're going to they're, they're gonna be missing trees in their front yard tomorrow morning. Uh, gonna happen, we caught you last night. <laughs> what were you, why is the tree gone? No, I have no idea, bro. No clue. Amazing. Oh man. Your dad was a fucking legend, bro. You fucking <laughs> that's amazing. Oh whatever it takes, there will be Christmas in this house, God damn it. <laughs> that's oh man, that's that's crazy. Oh man. <laughs> he probably gave you the hatchet because he figured it was quieter. And he thought, well, maybe if he did it. You know, no one would really give him a hard time. He's an eight-year-old kid, you know. Right. But once he realized to no avail, he's like, fuck it, I'll just bang out with a chainsaw. <laughs> and I was like, come on, come on, come on, come on, get in the car, get in the car, get in the car. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. To this day, Gary was like, I don't know why we have to hurry up. Can't we just savor the moment? Yeah. yeah. Right. Do you know what the repercussions were? Did anything happen? Like, did it was like an apology or something? You know? Um, well, I know that they had to they had to pay a fine. Yeah, I think that was worth it. Childhood memories, priceless. Mike, how old's your oldest uh, son again? Seven or eight? Uh, he's, he's nine. He's gonna still be ten. April, yeah. <laughs> I feel compelled to go fucking. Nine I was gonna up. say. I was gonna what? say, give that kid a hatchet. I know he's gonna be able to chop one down. Let's go get a tree. I mean, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> it's a palm tree, but you know, right. But yes, yes, dude. Absolutely. That what? is amazing. Oh, God. Christmas is coming to the, this Robinson house, God damn it. All right. So, Mike, you grew up, like you said, you grew up in Florida. So, I mean, what, what trees did you have in the in the in your household? Did you did you guys go out a fake one or yeah, we always had some we always had fake trees. Well, you know, um forever. And we have we still we have a fake tree now. For a while, we were going and buying them, and and you know we would put them up and stuff. But I'm older now and lazy, and like you know, Costco had a badass one where you just boop, 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 plug it in and lights up and you're done. <laughs> I could I've had put that bitch up in five minutes. As a matter of fact, I put it up November first. You know, I'm dragging right <laughs> out and get trees up. So, um, so you know, 
we have we also do the elf on the shelf that fucking guy so he shows up every once in a while and he'll he'll he might bring in a little tree for the kids or whatever but you know uh due to inflation he said that he was gonna hold off this take the take the year off yeah it was gonna take it easy so I've talked about my grandma all the time. So my grandma told the most interesting stories to me as a child. Like she told the story about La Llorona, which is not a delightful fairy tale. I know some of you guys know the story, uh, but she also told me the story about, you know, Pedro Negro, Black Peter, and how he would take the bad kids away and, and stuff. And uh, my wife's like, you should tell, you should tell the boys that story. And I was like, I just don't think I could ever do my grandma justice. <laughs> And like, and like my littlest one's already scared shitless of me. So like me telling the story about if he's like bad and he's going to get taken away. You, I mean, I'll, I'll scar the kid for life. I just know it'll happen. Uh, you said when I was growing up, they would lock me in my room during Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stop biting your brother. Or Black Pedro is going to come and get you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you did you guys um, can I ask a question? Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, how did you guys handle the Santa situation for your kids? Because I'll, I'll tell you mine. I'm not. Uh, a, we're not at that age yet, so. Yeah. Well, we decided. We decided early on that we were going to tell our kids right away. Okay. That, that Santa is, you know, this this really cool character, and here's the, you know, the basic story, and but he's a fictional character, and that's that's the route we went. Mm. That's, see, see, see Santa's not real, but you know Pedro Negro, he is. So he'll come and get you. <laughs> <laughs> see, they're um, young and I don't mind it, man. You could have pulled that shit off, man. Keep them in line. Like, hey, you don't have to be good for Saint Nick, but be good for <laughs> my, my son, my my eldest. He asks questions sometimes, but I we, we shut it the fuck down. I'm like, oh yeah, there's no Santa. Well, if you don't believe, you ain't getting shit. <laughs> he's like oh uh, there's a santa claus i'm like cool yeah end, good. Of, end of conversation thank god that's what i'm talking about you know so that's tough so said at school i was like well i don't give a fuck about so-and-so you know mm-hmm. santa exists and that's it yeah. or you get nothing what about yep, you santa claus. what about you jay to garrett's question uh, well, growing up, uh, my parents kept up the, uh, the fiction, oh, I think until I was 11 or 12, and they kind of built on it. They're like, well, yeah, the original Santa Claus died, but there's, there's a new Santa Claus in every generation. But my and wife I- wanted a, a totally different, my wife was like, I'm not going to lie to my children. So we, we never told our kids that, uh, that Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny was real. We would just sort of, you know, make it a joke. But I know when I was a kid, that was like a crushing, that was... To me, that was as almost as damaging as when my mother told me uh, about the birds and the bees in second grade to find out the oh, Santa Claus wasn't real. That was that just great. You got yeah. the se- wait a second. Hold on. You got the birds and the bees story at second grade. Well, what happened was a friend of mine had told me how things happened. Right. And I came home and I'm like, so and so says that this happens. This happens. And my mom sat down and gave me the whole talk. No shit. Contraception and everything. I was in the second grade. And I was just like, that's so gross. Um, But (laughs) that was just, you know, my parents would never tell you something. But if you asked, they weren't going to BS you. Right. Uh, My kids, I think, were a little older before we got into that. Yeah, no shit, bro. (laughs) Second grade. You were like fucking seven or eight years old. 
oh yeah i mean and i was just like and he says that he does this to her and my mom just laughed just said go sit, go, go sit down and then she just, just explained down. everything <laughs> i was just like horrified <laughs> So when a man loves a woman, started... CJ, when a man loves a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Forever ingrained in your brain, though. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, yeah. It, that, but I think hearing about Santa Claus was probably more devastating because I think I still believed in Santa Claus to like the fourth grade. But my yeah. wife was just day one. She's like, I don't want to lie to our kids, just to be honest with them. So we just said, hey, Santa Claus is made up. But, you know, we, we'd always have fun with it and say, oh, this is from Santa. So, and we'd always say, don't tell other kids, but yeah. our kids never believed in Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny or any of that. But I think that's where my wife was raised. So I'm like, okay, you guys seem to get along well. But you had it so well. I mean, like, yeah, other than the fact that your, your mother dropped that bomb in second grade. I mean, <laughs> the shit that they did for Christmas, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Like, that that's that's next was totally a thing. Yeah. I mean, it, even the handwriting and and then parlaying it into a story of like a you know like captain america died and now this absolutely guns, you know what i mean like when i when i learned, and you know i had i was the youngest and my my two older siblings never let on you know it was not like the things you see on tv or anything they, they had me totally convinced wow dude that's cia level shit yeah man that's crazy. that's crazy i uh can you guys hear me okay yep. yeah i had to readjust my speaker so um <laughs> i when I, when my mother told me I had asked her, cause I had, I, um, so in addition to the milk and cookies that we would leave, um, I would also draw Santa a picture and, okay. um, my mother is the type of woman who, who saves everything. So, I mean, she's got every report card of mine. She's got everything, oh, wow. you know, and, um, you know, I was playing in her bedroom one day and like I went through her nightstand where she kept like photo albums, right? So I would look through the photo albums occasionally and stuff. And then I found a picture and see, I'm blessed with my father's memory. So I remember everything. And it was, I'm like, it's literally the picture that I drew, like, you know, like when I was four, Oh shit. you know, so, and I'm nine, you know, years old at this time. So it's like, I, so I sat down with my mom and I was like, what is this? <laughs> You know what, what? What treachery have you? And um, and she actually, she actually had a really great answer. Um, um, in retrospect, at the time, it was it was heartbreaking. But um, and um, she said that she's like, she, she said that uh, that Santa Claus is really special, and um, and that no matter what, no matter how special someone is, they always need they always need help. And, um, she said, well, it, it really doesn't matter, you know, if he's, if he's real or not, um, what matters is, you know, what matters is the, the gifts that he gives to us all, whether he's real or not. And I was like, kind of looked at her. I remember looking at her really like, I, I don't understand. She's like, think about all the, all the Christmases you've had were they good and they were fantastic they were great doesn't matter right and and that i mean like i said it was a really great answer um you know still heartbreaking but it was really good but I, I, but she never actually said the words to me and so i took that with me even though i knew kind of in my heart of hearts the truth i still kind of took that with me that well that she never said that he wasn't so and 
my wife and I've had this conversation about like, you know, like, you know, it, that we still, we, we believe in the magic of Christmas, you know, wh- right. whatever you want to call that, you know, you can put it on a person, a character, you can put it on whatever you want, but we believe in the magic of Christmas. And it's when, you know, you know, when, when good things happen and when it's, it's time for celebrating and time for family, good things. So that's kind of how the way we've grown about it. Set the alarm and, and walk so, up. If, if, that, if that went down in Jay's house, there would have been an yeah, elaborate story, right? That Santa had dropped the picture exiting the home, and you know, his mother had found it and right. kept it and set it up. Like, there would have been a whole fucking <laughs> like That's a right. backstory, back right? And and you know, like to the, to the T, you know, it was like the door was left open a crack, so I went to go and close it, and I saw the sleigh leaving, and the paper dropped. And I just tucked it away and I was going to give it to him. And I just keep forgetting every, I mean, the whole thing. So there's, you know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That would have been exactly how it would have been presented. That's off. I don't uh, think I fully, really believed it until I was in high school. I mean, I was just, I'm like, yeah, there, there, they, there had to have been originally a Santa Claus. I mean, I totally, it was really hard to get over that. <laughs> <laughs> they were masters at it, man. What can I say? We, we, uh, there are there boots marks, like snow marks will come in, will shoot out through the house, that, like where our boots came in and stuff, imprints uh, for when Santa arrives or when he, before he leaves. And, you know, the carrots will be eaten outside and there'll be, you know, trail marks of all that stuff. And, you know, all those things go down in this house. Only for so long. Yeah. yeah well, my big thing is that there wasn't a chimney. Now my parents right. had some elaborate explanation. For, oh, we, we, that was know. the, when we bought this house there, we had to have, this was my oldest son's request. We had to get a, we had to get a fireplace because, you know, it, we had to make it easy on Santa after all these years of him having to come in the front door or finding his way in through a window right. we had to make it easy on. Him. <laughs> so that oh, was, that's that was my oh, that's Santa fair. had a key to the house bear. Yeah. He did. They, they, they trusted him with the key to the house, and I totally believed it. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to light up this uh, Nika Reaper uh, from Cordoba and Morales, uh, uh, Mike. This is something you gift, gifted to me. I'm going to give it. A, I'm going to give it a whirl. So, mm-hmm. um, really, really, really nice uh, show on this. We got an interesting pigtail cap, closed foot, nice label, and everything. Where? Um, did you, I, I know you've done, you've been pretty, uh, I, I mean, involved or at least, at, you know, I know you do a lot of stuff with them and everything. D- I mean, did you help them at all with this? No. Concept? Um, okay. We did the release, you know, Z uh, at Cordo Morales, he's a good friend. I mean, we've had, we've had a pretty good relationship for over a decade. Um, I would say that, you know, there, there are peaks and valleys in that, in that friendship, you know, it's, um, there's, there's learning on both sides of that and kind of how to handle yourself, um, both in retail as well as wholesale and manufacturing. So, um, what, you know, again, same scenario, I, you know, if I, if I know a guy and I like a guy and I believe what they're doing, I'm all about kind of promoting and exposing them. So he made a great cigar. There was some controversy with the box. Apparently it's frowned upon some kind of trademark. I don't want to get into, but he had to change. He had to cut a side of it. So, um, but the cigars, it stands on its own. It's a great cigar. It's definitely something different than what he normally does. 
So, you know, um, I want to, I always want to get behind it. So, and he, I think he sold all of them. I think he did really well with them. I don't think he ever, I don't think he's reproduced them. So. Nothing, I, no one capitalized on COVID uh, like Zoom and Cordoba and Morales with Carol Baskin. <laughs> they, yeah. They, they, crushed, I mean, they crushed COVID. <laughs> with that. You, you know, uh, you can thank James Brown for that one. I mean, I, I, you know, he's, he's the one that, that kind of really put it into the light for everybody, you know? So um, I, he, we had no idea what we were doing. He had no idea what he was doing. There was, just, hey, let's make a triple barber pole, you know? So, uh, yeah, that worked out really well. Uh, and it still works out well to this day. So, um, you know, I'm fortunate to find good people to work with, you know. And, you know, the, what's really kind of remarkable, too, is Z isn't the guy that um, he doesn't like conflict. You know, he's not that individual. I mean, you know, when when someone when he's confronted by somebody, he's like, oh, you know, like he doesn't want to upset anybody. He's like, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, man. And, and you know, I'm I'm kind of pro conflict in in a lot of ways. I really feel like <laughs> no. you, you need you need you, the conflict. You to like the, the pain. You know, it's it's just look. It's, if you want to have progress, you're going to have conflict. You know, at the end of the day, when it when it when it you know when it's all said and done, are you a good person? You know, do you have good intentions? Are you really trying to hurt somebody? You know, that's. If, if on all those things, you know, if you, if you're not, if you are a good person, you're not really trying to hurt somebody, then it's easy to solve these problems, you know? And, um, when you can see when someone can actually treat you like an individual and see eye to eye with you, then, you know, you can really find a good resolve and, and, and move forward. So, um, I won't, I, I, I have no problem. I, I would say that I, I'm more of a proponent of pushing a person out of the way that, you know, that's my friend that's getting yelled at or whatever and stepping in and interjecting myself. Um, before they have the fucking means to say anything, because I'm just not, you know, don't mess with the way, whoa, he's my friend. You know, you don't, get, you don't get to talk to him like that, or you don't get to say those things. So, uh, especially if I know he's a really good guy. So, um, yeah, it just all kind of works out in the end, you know? Yeah. Mike, you hate conflict. That's why you were uh, promoting, uh, Garrett to go commit a felony later tonight. Right? <laughs> Hey man, I want to create memories with this kid. <laughs> you know, it's all for the kids. It's all for the kids. It's all. It's all for the kids. We do it all for the kids. <laughs> Carry so, the tradition. So, stay on the subject of kids. Uh, what? Let's go fuck up Matt's house. <laughs> what is the? Uh, uh, no, according to Matt, he lies about his age. So he's a hundred fucking years old, and his kids are like eighty. So, uh, but. Going along that theme of, of children and everything, what what was it? What was your favorite gift that you received as a child? If you can remember, uh, I'll I'll start. There there'll never be another moment for me as a child when I unwrapped uh, the Christmas of 1989. When I unwrapped my mo- my grandmother, who didn't have a lot of money, like I said, we didn't grow up with a lot of money, but she found found in her pocketbook ninety nine dollars to buy the original NES Nintendo for wow. me and my family, and that was the coolest thing ever uh i was i was elated that i know it's like an electronic thing and like that you know you doesn't really last generations or anything like that and i'm a pretty sentimental person you think it would be something like that but but that i still remember the joy that i felt as a child unwrapping that gift and just seeing my grandmother's joy um 
and even my mother's, you know, too, um, with it. So I think that'll always be with me. It's, but yeah, I mean, I'll go. I'm gonna get dark as fuck on you, though. <laughs> you know, like I wish I had your memory, dude, because you remember so much shit. It's it's incredible. You know, um, I don't really have. I mean, I'm sure my parents were always good to me. I'm sure that they they gave me good gifts. Uh, growing up as a kid and stuff or whatever I asked for for Christmas and stuff. But like the one that really kind of fucking sticks in my head was um, I opened a present and I got an IOU for a PlayStation. And I'm like, fuck, what is that? <laughs> it was a piece of fucking paper that said IOU one PlayStation. Because, you know, I don't know why they maybe they didn't have the means or whatever, but like you were better off just saying, hey, look, you know, We'll take care. We, we can't take care of this right now. But like that for me, I'm like, I will never fucking, you know, all of those. I, I say those things, be, say that story, because for one, that's the only one that I really remember. And for two, like that just compels me to work even fucking harder as a dad to never, ever put my kids in a position where they're like, where I just mentally fucking scar them so that they, you know, <laughs> to ruin fucking Christmas, you know, um, that's really the one that for uh, that will I will forever remember. You know, all the other ones are gone in my head. You know, so oh man, yeah, dude. I'm, I'm really afraid. To, I'm really afraid to ask this question, but I have to. Then did you ever get it? Yeah, I fucking bought it myself. Oh god, <laughs> I bought it myself. Oh man, I bought it myself. Damn. You know, um, you know, my my parents went through all types of shit. You know, um, you know, when when we first moved down to, to, to Florida, you know, we had the, a big ass house and, you know, things were, were great. We were kind of, you know, living high on the hog. But that shit came to a screeching halt when my father got laid off. Right. So he wound up going back to Boston and doing uh, union work in the painters union. So I never really saw him. So, you know, they would always put put things together to kind of make ends meet. You know, we sold the house. We rented a house. We bought another house that was smaller or whatever, you know, but I learned at an early age, like, well, if I fucking want something, I'm going to just go work and get it. So I, you know, I've worked my whole life. I worked, started working when I was 14 years old. I actually told that story to my son yesterday. He's like, wait, you started working when you were 14. And I'm like, yeah. And he said, why did your parents let you do that? And I'm like, you know what, dude, I don't know. I have no, I don't know what to tell you, but you know, so, I got all the shit that I wanted. I just bought it myself. You know, um, when, when, when cell phones became a thing, you know, I was probably the first in my house to have a cell phone. I, I think it drove my mother fucking nuts. You know, um, I had a big ass 65 inch projection screen in my, in my bedroom to play my fucking video games because, you know, Hey, if I, I'm, I'll go do it. I'll go, I'll make the money, you know, uh, I'll figure it the fuck out. But, um, yeah, that you know that that whole thing just kind of fell off. There was, there were no, there was none of that would like there were. You hit a point where there was financially nothing really happened for you. So you're like, okay, well, fuck it. If I want, the, why am I asking for these things? I'll just go out and get them. You know. Well, this is the part where you tell us about how he, Greg saved all of his money and he would just play with your shit, right? <laughs> you know, I think to this day Greg saves his fucking money. You know, it's. it's <laughs> Um, it's, it's crazy. You know, I mean, I, it, look, I'm a family of five, so 
you know, I mean, five and a half, if, if you count, we, we, we have one that lives in our, in our front house, front room, which is, our, you know, I call her my daughter. She's like, uh, she's my sister-in-law. And, um, you know, we don't go without, I could tell you that much. We live a pretty fucking good life. You know, uh, when Christmas comes around, we make sure we're doing Christmas things when, when, you know, if kids ask me, if they ask me for anything, I'm gonna fucking go get it. I don't, you know, there's without hesitation. So like, you know, I don't hoard away cash. You know, I, I, I much rather fucking like, let's go have a good time. So where, whereas my brother is more, um, the polar fucking opposite of me you know he's he lives uh, you know lives a good life but he's a very controlled environment there are no kids there are no factors and like you know he's always he's always stashing money away so um yeah we do we are my Brittany saying we give a lot to. I don't want them to think that we just do for our kids. Yeah, no, we do. Other we do, yeah, we do for them. Uh, we don't. They never talk about that. You know, everybody, anyone that knows Mike, uh, Brittany knows that that's true. So don't don't tell her not to worry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, unless it's that uh, unless it's that guy that you were telling me about on Craigslist that you're trying to buy that bike from, then <laughs> then you didn't get that then. Um, yeah. So in, inside inside story, guys. I hate doing that. Ted. I hate dropping inside story. But uh, Mike, it just if you ever want to hear a great you know negotiation story, hit up Cigar Hustler Mike. Yeah. He's got he's got a great one for you. It, and it doesn't involve him actually getting the product. This is the best part. So yeah, it's just, fucking morals, man. It's just fucking <laughs> morals. You know, it's not that hard just to be a good person. So um, I have no problem correcting someone when they're a complete asshole. You know. Unfortunately, it's, I, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse, I guess. Garrett, what about you? What was your favorite gift as a, as a child? Uh, it's going to be hard to top Mike's, but. <laughs> Moving <you> know, on. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hard so, to top Mike's uh, heartfelt, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know that I'll top it. It is a good story. I, uh, uh, you know, we wake up uh, Christmas Eve and uh, we all gather around the Christmas tree to, to get presents and I'm, I'm looking for the label with my name on it, you know, or the, the box with my name on it. And I, I went through every one and I couldn't find my name and I'm like devastated. And, and my mom and dad and my sister are all there, you know, just like smiling at me. I'm like, what is going on? My dad was like, you got to go find it. And so I'm like, I'm going through the house and I'm looking and I can't find it. My dad was like, you might want to try outside. So I go outside and I'm looking around. Brand, new, brand new Lexus. Yeah. <laughs> it was a chainsaw for the next time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Garrett. I'm ruining, I'm ruining the moment. Yeah. I'm ruining the moment. I, I apologize. It. Dude, I love it. So uh, then um, in our, in our yard, uh, we had, this uh, fish house up north, we go ice fishing. And uh, so we have this uh, fish house in our, in our yard and I go and I look in the fish house and it's uh, a brand new Haro bicycle. Um, Cause I was really into BMX biking and half pipes and, and the whole thing. And, and the bike that I had was just shit. It was an old Huffy and, um, and so it was this new Haro and I was like, I was overjoyed and I go to take it out of the fish house and it won't fit through the door. 
and my dad <laughs> is out there and he's like, son of a bitch, I put it together in here. <laughs> <laughs> we had to take it apart to get it out of the house. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Dude, your fucking father is a goddamn legend. <laughs> oh my god. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh. I don't know what's best about that story. The fact that you had to take it apart or the fact that he went out there in the freezing fucking cold to put it together in the first right, place. Yeah. yeah. Or the kind fact of that you house of fucking in front of your house. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> That'll teach him not to make it inside the house. And the yeah, don't do that again. <laughs> oh, wow. man. All right. Jay, Jay, do you do you do you remember what your favorite gift was as a child? He's like, nope. <laughs> well, you know, we, we got this anonymous gift of a Christmas tree from somebody in Minnesota, but <laughs> no, I, I remember that similar to your story, Bear. I really, uh, well, I can remember the one thing I wanted that I didn't get, but that was depressing. But uh, I really wanted an, an Odyssey system. Which was it was kind of like uh, Betamax versus VHS, you yeah. know, a little bit more robust gaming than Atari, which all of my friends had, and I think it was a little bit less expensive, so that's why we got it. And oh, I just played that thing to death, and I mean, the, you know, the graphics and everything are terrible because we're talking seventy nine, eighty, maybe. Yeah, it was probably earlier than that because my dad died in eighty one, so probably seventy eight, and we loved that. And of course, you know, we were such terrible kids, you know, we're like. Can we get some more games? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, but in my house growing up, if you wanted something, uh, you got it on your birthday or you got it in Christmas. So I'm much different than that. Um, though Mike's brother's a lot like my brother. My brother's a saver, doesn't have kids. So if my kids need something, I get it for them. So um, my parents would save up and they'd go in debt and just give us tons of stuff for Christmas. My wife and I approach things a little differently. If, if the kids need something, I don't care if it's in October. Like my son really needed an iPhone. I'm not sure why 14 year olds need an iPhone, but you know we got him one at the end of November because he needed it. And uh, my daughter needed a computer a few years ago. So usually Christmas is pretty light for the kids. It's usually one or two things, and the rest is from grandparents and stuff. And we're just like, look, you know, you got such and such and such and such. Because if they need it, we get it for them now. Right. Uh, but growing up. It was that the only I had a birthday in May and uh, Christmas in December. So I would give like my mom like a list and I would estimate what it cost. And they were pretty good, actually, on most things. Uh, you know, I'd work it out some details. Well, this should only cost you about $800 to get all these gifts. But they were pretty good between them and Santa. They usually got us most of the stuff that we asked for. Um, though I remember there was this um, that bear. This is going to predate you. Uh, they had this special sort of big wheel that was called the green machine that came out. Oh, I don't know. I was, it's 1974 maybe. And I really wanted one. And it was one of those things where it was not cheap and they were really hard to get. And I was like kind of mad about it for two or three years. And I probably remember that the most, but I tell you, when we got that Odyssey gaming system, man, that's what I did my whole winter break. I just loved that. And we played that thing till it, you know, six, seven, eight years until it, you know, it broke and, you know, couldn't even play Pong on it anymore, but that was a great, great system. That was a, a highlight for me, definitely. I forget that Garrett lies about his age, too. Garrett, what's the age that you tell people you are again? <laughs> 44. 
Do you, you remember the green? You, re, you remember the green machine too? I do remember the green machine. Really? Yeah. Um, now, for me, the green machine was a hand-me-down, but uh, oh. it was it was the best of the Power Wheels series. Yep, that's awesome. And my friend across the street got one, so I really hated my parents for that. <laughs> Is that called? Was that a Power Wheel, or was that? Because and it's not electric. It was the uh, where you pedaled the front wheel, right? Yeah, you pedaled the front wheel. It wasn't yeah, yeah. electric. Um, but no, it yeah. Green machine. Absolutely. Oh, that was, that was, oof, that was big back then. Well, and then I got, um, for another Christmas, I got the Knight Rider power wheel. Nice. And that was, uh, yeah, it was kit. And I used to make them talk. Now I did get the $6 million man thing where if you press the button behind his head, his eye lit up. That was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I'd make that noise. This is going to make us all feel old. Cooper Bear, do you even know who the $6 million man is? I do know who the $6 million man is, too. Coop had a green machine, too. He's in the chat. So, you know, we can all feel old now. <laughs> Mike, do you, do you know what the green machine is? I don't. So I do not know the green machine. Okay. It, it was a big wheel, basically. Apparently, we're missing out. Big wheel. Big but it was, wheel. All, it was all green, like the color of Bear's hat. Yes. And uh, it was a little faster and a little sleeker, and it was cool. But it had to have come out like 73, 74, 75, something like that. Coop might remember. Coop's a, a few months older than me. How about lawn darts? Did you guys have lawn darts? Oh, of course. You know, in fact, I, I, I made the mistake. I went to a lawn party about three or four years ago. And I asked my wife, I said, where are the lawn darts? And then I got the whole politically correct download. And I'm just like. If you're stupid enough to get hit by a lawn dart, then maybe that's natural selection. And my wife's like, don't say that out loud. <laughs> no, we, we always had lawn darts and we had what was that uh one that was well, croquet? Yeah, croquet, um, yeah. You know, and then all the all the parents would play, was it bocce ball? You know, all these old drunk guys. Uh yeah, we had we had lawn darts, we had badminton, we had croquet. I mean, that was like the, the big deal. Yeah, croquet and badminton were big in our house for out for outdoor stuff. You know, your cornhole was, I mean, maybe it's because I grew up north, but I didn't really discover cornhole until I came to Texas. Yeah. I still, I still say that everyone's saying it wrong. It's being bag toss. <laughs> I Thank you. That's what I always called it. People always correct me. Say, yeah. They're like, no, it's cornhole. cornhole. It's like, oh, I, I like being bag toss better. It sounds, <laughs> hey, look, there's this, this the, look, the se sexual innuendo is still there. You don't have to, you know, it's not, you know, it's okay. Like, but it's just the bean bag toss. But to me, those are more dangerous than lawn darts. Because you give a 12-year-old beanbags and they're going to start throwing them at someone else's head. Right. Absolutely. Those are definitely getting lo lo lobbed at somebody. Point, pointy end, there, there's going to be at least some hesitation before start. You know, people start losing them. I don't know. Are, are I mean, lawn dogs technically illegal now, which I don't understand? I don't know. I mean, if, I mean, if they do exist and if we ever got them, my three-year-old's killing somebody. I mean, it's just going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> kids, an, kids an anarchist, man. Like, like oh, look. Um, and this, um, I'm now now that we're on this discussion, Mike. Did did you have any like outdoor games uh, that you grew up playing, like other than what we've kind of talked about already? No, no outdoor games. What, what did you, what did you buy and what did Greg save up for? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, the coolest thing I ever bought was a brand new car. That was when I was told to nice. move. That. 
build your fucking you're paying rent or you're moving out and i'm like fucking see ya so did you put um, a bow did you put a bow on it for yourself <laughs> no <laughs> i should have no but um it, i it, you know i'll date myself with being the, like one of the youngsters in the crowd but it was a 2002 ws6 trans am and uh i bought that bitch you know right out of the wrapper you know showed up to school junior high I put TVs in the sun visors. I did have a, I added a PlayStation into it too. The whole thing. You know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty badass. I like that car. That was cool. How old were you when you got this? I was 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. Man, dang. Financed it. You know, I put a ton of money down, financed the rest. and Life was good, man. You know? Nice stuff. Three wow. kids. You're like, what am I gonna do with all this money? I'm like, oh, let's go buy some cool shit. <laughs> but I have a badass car. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna make it better. We're gonna put a PlayStation in it. <laughs> yeah. Not. Jay's probably the only one that'll know my first vehicle was a 1991 Merker Scorpio. Ooh. Wow. Oh, wow. Now, wait a second. My first vehicle was an 85 Buick Riviera. Okay. Yeah. That was a, a bit of a hand-me-down. Dude, those those things are tanks, man. Yeah. You weren't getting yeah. hurt in that bad boy. <laughs> no. no. It caught fire one day eventually when it was done. You know, but yeah, that was a cool car. Man. My my first car was a 92 Ford Tempo. Nice. I, I drove that thing into the ground. Drove it into the ground. As you should have. Yeah. It was... Yeah, I, I lived, I had, I survived four Texas summers without air conditioning in that thing before it finally Ooh, died. Boy. Yeah. We used to call it the hot box and it wasn't because we were doing recreational drugs. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh boy. That, that thing was hot. Jeez. Um, also the driver's side door didn't work. So that was always great, especially during date night. Let me tell you. I really. Yeah, no, just leave it open. Just leave it open. I'll be right back. <laughs> Aren't you afraid someone's gonna take it? No. <laughs> I wanna I wanna guess Jay's car. I'm gonna say a 1967 Corvair. No, but I had a friend who had one. <laughs> and they fucked up my Christmas. <laughs> no, when I was a sophomore in college, because I was working full time and going to school, I bought a brand new 1987 Plymouth Horizon, uh, which was a nice car. Mm-hmm. The funny thing was, 15 years later, I was living in Arizona, and I was driving the 85 Datsun with no air conditioning and uh, <laughs> wearing a suit to work every day. That was fun, Bear. I used to drive through um, car washes just so I could cool off the the, uh, the car. Nice. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, I remember my mom was, like, horrified I was going to buy this car, but I needed a cosigner. And I'm like, don't worry, Mom. I'll make all the payments. And uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> But yeah, the, I don't think I owned a car made in the 1990s because I went from a couple of new cars. But once you go to college and law school, you're driving old cars, right? But yeah, I drove, I drove, I drove a brand new car. That was my first car when I was in college because I was working 50 hours a week and paying for my own college. So I was kind of like you, right? But then life became real. So right, <laughs> then reality sets in. My uh, my father was not intending to co-sign my first car that I financed 
he said that he would either help me with the down payment or he would be a co-signer, but, um, um, but he ended up doing both, uh, God bless him. But, um, he, uh, but, uh, three months down the road, he immediately made me refinance it so that he could get his name off, which I was cool with. Cause you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't want that necessarily. I got a better interest rate anyway, and it lowered my payments. So I was like, okay, yeah. this thing's magic. This is cool. And, uh, we just found a bank that would just let take me. Cause I had at the time I hadn't, I didn't have a really good, you know, I didn't have a income history yet. I had just started an actual real job, not a part-time right. gig or anything like that. So I've worked, I, I've worked part-time. Uh, I didn't make the, the, apparently I didn't make the, the cool money that Mike did uh, growing up, but <laughs> I, I, uh, I, uh, certainly I, I've worked probably since I was, yeah, I, I had my first job was when I was 14. I cleaned up trash in our church parking lot. So I got right. paid, you know, got paid, you know, some pennies for that and, but it was some pennies in my pocket, you know, it was kind of, you know, it was cool to have some cash that was my own, which was good. But yeah, I remember my first car, I had to put $500 down and I'll never, this is so stupid when I think about it now, I put a hundred dollars cash. I did a $400 cash advance off a credit card. And then my interest rate was 13.9, no, 15.9%. But this oh, is back damn. in the 80s. Back in the 80s, yeah. So right. then I remember I was going to law school and I did, I couldn't afford the car anymore. And I'll never forget this. I, I had my friend's dad, who was a lawyer. We drew up a contract and a buddy of mine, he would send me a check each month for $167.22. And then I would take that and then I would send the payment to Honda or Plymouth, whoever it was, for the extra 80 bucks. And I did that for three years in law school. And my buddy never missed the payment. Wow. Oh, wow. It was his right to borrow it, I guess, or use it also or? Well, no, I gave him the car and okay. I signed over the car, but he agreed to only pay like three fourths of the payment. And then I paid the rest when I was in law school. That's a deal. Yeah. Cause you know, I, you know, I was working, I was working full time and then going to law school at night. So I just didn't have them. And in Chicago, you're going to pay $150 to park outside, even back in the uh, early nineties. Man, kudos to it was, you, bro. It wasn't worth this it. Was, you just parked that bitch outside and just wait for a repo guy to come get it. Yeah. <laughs> no, one thing my parents always taught me is don't script your credit rating. Right. You know, so I mean, that's just, I, you know, yeah, that just, that's good. I mean, hey, that's good advice. You know, my parents had a lot of challenges that I didn't experience. You know, like my brother's 13 years older than me, and he remembers the house getting foreclosed on when he was a kid and lived with grandma. I didn't have to go through that stuff. Right. So my parents were renting my whole time growing up. And that's why he uh, so saves now. That's why my brother was a saver. And my dad was born in the Depression. Right. I mean, my dad was born in 1929. And, you know, a good, and they lived in Pittsburgh and they were still family. And my dad told me stories about, well, it was a good week if you had three ketchup sandwiches and that's all you got to eat for the week. Damn. You know, just stuff you just can't imagine having lived through the Great Depression. But when you're a kid, that, you know, that's what yeah. how life was. Right. My... You know, my father, um, my father lived through the Great Depression as well. And um, he, uh, which is always comical how old my parents are here. Here, Jay's talking about his dad growing up through the Great Depression. And Jay's, Jay's a couple years older than me. <laughs> and, I'm, and, my, and my father also grew up during the Great Depression too. But, um, but yeah, he's, but uh, I mean, they, they, they grew up, you know, in Maine, uh, rural Maine. So like they had, they had a garden they had, you know, they went, they hunt, they, they fished. So they always, I mean, they always had plenty to eat. Um, it was actually, 
my dad always said that it was it was the clothes on their back that my my parent that his that his parents struggled with. So they would, you know, they were always they were always freezing cold, as he is the way he put it, which you know is is crazy. You know, it's crazy to think about um not being able to clothe your children and everything. It's just it's just nuts. It just makes you so thankful for the for the things you've got today, you know. Um, you know, to be able, you know, a couple of you guys have said just be able to give your children what they need, you know. Mm-hmm. And whenever when you're and it's it, it doesn't put you out that much, which is right. insane. Um, you know, I, I confess to say a, you know, frustrating moment earlier tonight, you know, I, I pride myself on cooking for the family, it's something I enjoy, something that de-stresses me. Um, but I love putting food in front of my family and, and making meals for them. And, you know, my, my son's usually, my older son's usually always grateful, uh, for the, for food and he, he loves to eat, he'll eat his vegetables first, which is like the greatest kid ever and everything. And, but today he wanted, uh, he wanted ice cream. We didn't have any for dessert and he got real pouty and I, I lost it. I was so pissed off. Uh, and I was like, you know, I didn't have ice cream all that often when I was a kid. And I'm sure as hell my dad didn't either. Like, you know, <laughs> like I was just, oh God, I was, my, my wife, my wife told me to go to the other room because I was just so upset. <laughs> I was so, I was so, I was so damn furious about it. Hey man, it happens, bro. It fucking happens. We, we <laughs> didn't have ice cream. We had this awful thing that I think was made by Ronco that you made with ice and whatever. And the ice cream always tasted like rock salt and ice. It was terrible. Oh gosh. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know how much they paid for that, but ice cream was not something to enjoy when I was a kid. <laughs> you guys have the Snoopy ice cone maker. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. We no. Did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> that thing was baller. It was it awesome. Was. That was so good. Um, course we couldn't always afford the flavoring so sometimes we just had just make the ice yeah. playing playing snow cones yes <laughs> just yep. ice but that thing was so cool though because it made it made it made eating ice cool <laughs> it did so uh last question that before we go into a couple of our, our closing questions guys you know we all have we all have kids and we've we've talked and talked about those experiences and everything but um what's the what's the what's the most treasured gift that you have given uh, your children that you remember. What was the what was the one thing that you really enjoyed giving to them? That was a really nice moment. Well, I'll start, I guess. Um, it was actually for my, one of my granddaughters. Um, my mother's, uh, my grandmother used to always give everybody Bibles whenever they were a certain age, and my mother got a Bible when she was, I don't know, eight years old, like in 1942. And uh, my mother's middle name was Faith with a Y. And my second uh, oldest granddaughter, who is just turned 10, uh, so her middle name is Faith. So last year for Christmas, um, actually it was her birthday, I gave her my mother's Bible from 1942. Oh, wow. Um, uh, I don't remember. And this is terrible. I should remember. Um, I'm not sure if it was my wife or it was my son-in-law. I went ahead and rebound it and we gave it to her. And I don't think she realized what a big deal of it. I think my daughter was just like blown away that uh, I gave that to her daughter. But I said, you know, this is something that, you know, it's a kind of a family heirloom. It's not the easiest to read thing, but that was kind of a big deal. Uh, and that meant a lot to me to give that to her because I think being the second grandchild, sometimes, you know, you don't get as much stuff fond upon you 
But I just really thought that that was something that would just be something that 20, 30 years from now, she'll look back and realize how special that is. Awesome. I had the uh, classic um, giving a puppy to, you know, to the the kids. And, um, uh, you know, that you see the videos of the, you know, the little kids just crying and uh, my daughter in particular, my youngest daughter, um, just in tears, uh, sobbing and holding the the dog was probably the the warmest uh, feeling of, you know, uh, a gift that I felt as a parent. That's awesome. That's pretty good, man. My son got a cat for his birthday, and it was me, the one that was crying, because it was a fucking cat, so. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Uh, what, what kind of dog was it, Garrett? Let's go back to the heartwarming moment. <laughs> uh, so his name is Mortimer. Um, he is a Cavapoo. And um, uh, it is a King Charles Cavalier and Poodle mixed. Um, uh, my wife and my oldest son both have severe allergies to pet dander. So we needed to get a hypoallergenic dog and uh, we don't have much of a yard. So I didn't, you know, we didn't want to go like full size poodle or anything like that. So um, I always grew up with German shepherds and, and Dobermans. And nice. Um, and it, and it, and it tore me apart at first to, to go and get a little dog. I'll be honest, but that little asshole has been like, <laughs> my best friend um as much as it was a gift to mostly the kids um uh he he just yeah i'm i'm his person um but how how old is he now he's nine now okay so Um, he's still got some age left the small smaller dogs live longer so yeah and his breed i guess like uh 13 to 14 is what is uh typical for his breed Nice. That's cool. Well, I think for me, uh, the coolest gift I gave um, and that really kind of affected me was I took my son to uh, the Tampa Bay New England game mm-hmm. last season. And, you know, because Brady was going to, was breaking the record for most touchdowns ever or whatever. And I like, they, they had popped up that he, it was probably going to happen. There I was like, Oh, that'd be cool to go. And he's like, Oh, we're going to go. We're gonna, like, he took that. He's like, we're going to, we're going to this game. And I'm like, Oh fuck. So, um, um, you know, then I, you know, like I looked at the tickets and I was like, we're not going to this fucking game. There's no <laughs> way. We're gonna... So nope, not going to happen. Mike has a second mortgage on his house. That's the lesson here. <laughs> yeah. Well, so like as time kind of progressed, the ticket prices went down and down and down. And I was like, shit, I think I can make this work. So it was just a father and son thing. We, you know, we flew up to New England. We were in and out. We were there for the day. You know, we flew in Sunday. We, you know, we went to like a ice cream place. I took him to um, a place to get clam chowder, which he fucking hated. And um, then we went to the game. And, you know, the next morning we woke up and he's got tears in his eyes. I'm like, what's wrong, man? He's like, I don't want, I don't want this to end. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, well, you know, at least I know that, you know, this was, this was a good memorable trip. You know, like I, I, you know, it worked out, you know, we really hit it home. So, but now my other guy knows that we did a trip 
So he's ready. You know? So he's like, Dad, let's go to the Royal Rumble. Let's go to the World so Cup. <laughs> he's all about yeah, right. He's all about wrestling. He's all he loves the WWE. So he's like, let's go to Royal Rumble. And I'm like, oh fuck. All right. Well, let me look. It's actually in Texas. It's the next month. And I'm like, I don't know if I can swing it. But then I'm thinking again, like, that was exactly what I said last time. So uh we'll see. You know, we'll see if I break away. If not, I'll have I'll take him next year to Philadelphia for the for that one. So but yeah, I mean, you know, just having his reaction and, and him him in tears when it was kind of ending, I'm like, all right, this is totally worth it, you know. Well, I'll offer to, you know, uh, get a crazy outfit and and uh, going out in Texas and maybe uh, Jay Bear and I can, you know, throw up some ropes and pillows and throw <laughs> up, you know, show. If you can't get it, like, yeah. This is the Royal Rumble, man. This is it. This is it. Well, where, where is it in Texas? Is it, is it in DFW or? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I think it started with an L. Lubbock? No, it wasn't that. Oh, God. That'd be so sad. <laughs> I'd have to look it up. But it wasn't something where I was like, oh, I know people there. You know? Okay. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't know that one. You know? So <laughs> we got, there's actually a guy at my gym. His name is. Uh, when he when he wrestles, his name is Omas, um, and he's a sweetheart of a guy. Like I didn't know anything about wrestling, and but you know apparently other people did. I was like, oh, you're a wrestler? That's cool, you know. And I, we just kind of became friends and kind of ended up. What? San Antonio. He's he's seven foot three. He's gigantic. You know, um, so you know whenever my kids see him, they're like, Omas. They start yelling for him and waving and stuff. And, you know the whole the whole thing so it's it's pretty cool he's he's all about he, he loves the wwe so we'll see i mean i wish i wish that he had loved like i wish he was a little bit older because wrestlemania was here a couple of years ago you know and i could have totally done that easily but, um mike's know, like I, be- I go to the i go to the gym with this guy when he wrestles his name is triple h you know <laughs> yeah. no i mean this guy you know but like yes like so growing up I knew everything about wrestling. I knew Triple H, The Rock, all that Stone Cold Steve Austin. But, you know, eventually it just doesn't it didn't carry over for me. So, you know, I didn't I think the last time I watched it was probably 15 years ago. I don't know. You know, yeah. um, so like this guy, I'm like, oh, so you're wrestling? He's like, yeah. Like I didn't I, I'm like, oh, cool. You know, and we just shot the shit. We talked a little bit, talked about cigars and stuff. And, um, you know, we've, we, we got like a, like a friendship in the gym and it's not like we're tight. So then one day, you know, he's like, they go nuts. I'm like, do you know this guy? Like, Oh my God, that's Omas. And then they turn on Monday night raw and like, Oh yeah, that's the guy. That's him. So, um, you know, like whenever they see this guy, they're like, they go nuts. It's, it's, it's awesome. So, Jeez. Oh, he's, he's ginormous, man. He's, you know, but uh sweetheart of a guy. You never know. Like the character, I'm like, when I saw him play a character, I'm like, dude, you're totally not that person. You're not that evil, mean, you know, beat him up, everybody guy. You know, he's just like, this, hi, how are you? You know, this is so soft. <laughs> uh, Jason at San Antonio was where uh, WrestleMania is. So, or Royal Rumble, rather. Where is it? San Antonio. Oh, it's in San Antonio? Yeah. Okay. So, Bear, I got a good suggestion of what you can get your son for Christmas. We have three cats. And as no, you know, our, no. <laughs> our, 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 our dog died back in, in May, and I'm not ready for another dog. 
But I bought my cats an advent calendar. Oh my god! <laughs> the best part is we have one. Jay, have, they're totally digging it. <laughs> yeah, we have one. He loves it. He he loves it. We have everyone's got an advent calendar. I've got I've got the Tatuai advent calendars, <laughs> and then the kids have the chocolate ones and the cat and the fucking dogs and yeah. The only ones that don't have cabin calendars are the chickens, but my, my son is very depressed about that. So I have a, I have a feeling the, the next year, the next year, the chickens are going to get advent calendars. Get wow. the chickens, the uh, snow cone machine. They'll like that. <laughs> yeah. Gary, you got your hand raised, man. What's up? Oh, that I, sorry. I was messing around. With <laughs> he was looking for a tree to cut down. Yeah. <laughs> no, my bad. We're good. Okay. <laughs> All right, so last guys, I, I this has been really fun. Thank you so much for joining me for my Christmas party this year. I've got two final questions uh, to uh, to conclude our night, and as always, the first one is our uh, Asylum moment, which is sponsored by Asylum Cigars. Refuge is more than just a physical place; it can be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for Asylum Cigars. Light up an asylum and choose your refuge so i'm going to put a little twist on this uh this week's uh, asylum moment um normally it's it's a moment of solitude specific uh but i'm going to go uh or not non-specific rather i'm going to go specific uh with christmas time you, and it doesn't in the spirit of christmas we're hardly ever alone we're usually around family and everything like that so again a little twist on the asylum moment but what's a what's a christmas moment with a cigar what what, what uh do you that you remember having uh, in the past few years where you, you know, had a, either a memorable cigar or a memorable moment, but it was involving smoking cigars and everything. Uh, I think Mike kind of gave us one uh, to kick us off tonight. You know, he's usually around with his, his in-laws and everything and family and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, but uh, what, uh, what about uh, the, you, uh, you guys too? And Mike, if you have another moment you want to share too, you can as well. But uh, Garrett, do you have a, uh, you always have, I feel like you've always got special holiday moment cigars. I feel like. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm just trying to think of one that, that stands out. Um, I always have a, a Christmas cigar. Yeah, come back to me. Let me, uh, let me let right. it simmer. Sounds good. Jay, do you have, do you have one? Yeah. Sort of, sort of a tradition in, in my family um, is we like to watch movies and, you know, usually we'll watch like a kid's movie, like one of the Disney movies or something. And we usually watch Die Hard or Wonderful Life. And I remember one year, that was about three or four years ago, um, my, my daughter and her husband are over there with the kids. And, and uh, we just finished eating and we're watching Die Hard. And um, I'm one of the few weirdos in the United States that uh, I smoke cigars in my house. And uh, I just sat in my chair, lit up an Opus X, which is usually what I smoke for Christmas. And... Uh, what can I say? I just, I enjoyed watching the movie and the family being there. And cause like I said, growing up Christmas didn't always have the fondest memories, but it was just good to see the kids hanging out there and my wife and everybody. And we just, we we're having a good time watching Bruce Willis and enjoying my uh, annual Opus X on, uh, on Christmas day. And that was just awesome. Um, so it's got, it just, that's always a cool thing to do. And usually our store is open on Christmas. This is the, only the third time in like the last 13 years, we're not going to be open at Christmas this year. So it was nice to not have to work on Christmas and just to be there and, and watching the movies. And um, like I said, Die Hard's just a tradition in my house. We don't watch that unmentionable film that you don't like uh, in my house. 
uh, on Christmas Day. <laughs> I was wondering if it was going to come up. No, I mean we, we we watch it, but it's it's not it's not a big movie for us. I think the first movie in that series is better, anyways. Um, but no, that was a very memorable moment. I was it just made me very thankful for my family and um, the wonderful woman that I'm married to, and and my my oldest daughter and and my youngest kids. It was just awesome. I, uh, um, my, my wife grew up with, uh, uh, her father and stepmother were cigarette smokers. So she, she does not let me smoke in the house. And that was kind of one of our, one of the things we, uh, negotiated on when, when we were getting married. So this is the closest I get to, I get the garage, which is fine with me. You know, I, I, I never advocated for it. Um, I, when I was first a cigar smoker, my wife came out to me one day and I was in the garage actually smoking. And she's like, why are you smoking in the garage? And I'm like, because it's raining outside. And my wife just gave me this look. She's like, you paid for the house. You're welcome to smoke in our home. And it's just never been an issue. I'm Like I said, I'm, I'm a very blessed man. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany's sitting right there on the patio. She's shaking her head right now at you, Mike. She's like, no, no. Can't smoke now, we, now, we do have two living rooms. And there is another living room that we have all the nice furniture in that you don't smoke in. But we have an older, it's a second living room that's on the other wall. And it's got hardwood floors and stuff from the 60s. And, you know, my wife's not crazy. But her attitude is just like, it's your home and you enjoy it. It's not a big deal. So I'm like, cool. But if she were to say no tomorrow, then I'd be smoking in the garage. I think for for us, you know... um, the patio is like our fortress of solitude, you know, like we fucking tuck these kids away and we, we come over here and this is, this is our chill spot. And, you know, smoking has never developed inside of our house. We just know that this is where we go. Like the chaos and, and, and all the craziness is in there. And, and we can kind of in the evening, almost every night we come out here and we're just like, all right, decompress, you know, I'll have a cigar. She smokes clothes. We, you know, we turn on the TV and, and this is Every night. Yeah. It's pretty much every night, you know, like, so, um, even though we, we pay for the home, uh, the maniacs are in there. So, so we hide outside, you know? Uh, so that's, that's really how it kind of works out for us. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I couldn't even see myself championing for it. Cause you know, for us, this is, this is the move, you know? Well, sanctuary for sure. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Mike? Do you, I mean, do you, I mean, what you were describing earlier in the show, is that, is that your Christmas memory with cigars? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you no, know, I did have a, a kind of a crazy story. I had an employee back in the day. He, um, he gave me a press, uh, like an old school cigar press. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. dude! Thank you so much. So I brought it down to Esteli and um, it's in the, uh, the Romacraft, the Nika, Nika Sueno factory. And I said, Hey, you know, I have this Connecticut shade blend that I really like, you know, can we barber pull it with, um, with a candela and like maybe do something for it, maybe make it like some special cigar that I can give out every once in a while or give out, you know, for that year for Christmas. And, um, we did that. And the first one I gave, I gave back to him and I called it the 320 Sycamore, which is actually the address of the old drafty house in it's a wonderful life. Right. So, um, it, you know, it, that's, that's kind of a Christmassy cigar and it, you know, it has a special memory. I've never really sold them. I've always just kind of handed them out to people from time to time when, when it made sense or whatever. I think I only made like a hundred of them. So, um, 
you know, that's kind of a special cigar that, you know, I, I gave out to some people, you know, during special occasions and stuff. Nice. That's cool. Did they, and they, did they, they use the press or is that, is that, yeah, that, that, yeah. So, I mean, they only had the one press, the one size and, and I oh, think wow. Gip was saying that it was a Schuster. So, you know, it, it like kind of all made, like it all linked, you know, yeah. um, like it's just weird how how the world winds up that way sometimes, right? Absolutely, so, that's crazy. So it's not like I can say, "Hey, you know, you got this one press. I need a thousand cigars or whatever, <laughs> a thousand of these." You know, so they, you know, they ran a hundred when I was there or whatever, and um, I took I brought them home. So it, it's cool. It's like this, it looks like a little like almost like a little bomb. Like a, it's like a figurato. I'm sure there's a term for it, but it's like this big, and they put a little uh, like a it's like a pigtail but it almost looks like a bow on top of it so it was cool it's a cool little uh it was a cool little thing that's neat also yeah. really cool gary have you, have you narrowed it down yet yeah so every year um like jay i actually do also smoke an opus x um but i want to say it was four years ago now i i bought a, a lot of uh, cigars from you know somebody who had passed away and they found um, the local cigar Facebook group and posted this lot and I, I bought the lot kind of sight unseen um, in there were several very old cigars and um, I have a 1996 Opus X that I look at every year on Christmas and think is this the year and i've not been able to smoke that cigar oh dude smoke that thing i know i and and i was just talking about it earlier that you know i'm a smoker and not a saver but um so i'm thinking this year might be that year but last yes. year last year i actually i i took it out and i started picking it out of the cellophane and i just couldn't do it and um grabbed a different one my daughter and um, her fiance at the time, she's now married, um, gave me the book History of Cigars. And I went out in my mobile lounge, like I do in Minnesota, because um, I don't have a heated garage. Um, smoked the cigar and read the book, you know, and it was uh, just a really cool, peaceful, peaceful time. But uh, maybe this year, I'll end up smoking that, but I've been offered crazy money for that cigar. <laughs> smoke, no. that smoke it. Yeah. Smoke it and there. send pictures to everyone who's offered to buy it. Uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> your, mo your money's not good here. Um, last, last, uh, last Christmas was the last Christmas uh, in my first home. And uh, it was kind of a really somber moment for me just because I thought that was the home that I was going to stay in. I grew up in one home. We didn't move homes. Uh, that was one thing that we were I was blessed with with my family. Uh, and it was something that, um, you know, my my father, you know, it's, you know, uh, unfortunately, like uh, many people know, he's he's going through an illness and his memory isn't anything what it was before. But um, when he was a little bit sharper, he always used to say that he never really, he really never gave our family that that much and 
you know, he worked so hard and I always told him that, you know, I was like, you know, dad, there's a, there were a lot of people that didn't have clothes like you did when you were a kid. There were a lot of people that don't have food. There's a lot of people that I grew up in the same house. I had the same room, you know, my entire life, you know, that's, I mean, that's some, some serious stability and that's something that I always wanted for my kids. And I thought that was going to be the house. And we just, I mean, we just, we just outgrew it. I mean, it's just too, 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 too tiny. Easy and, to do, uh, man. Yeah. So <clears throat> we moved out to this home. And so I knew that was going to be my last Christmas there. And so I went out into the patio and, and, uh, took, uh, took, uh, my tablet and I watched it's a wonderful life. And I, and I smoked, uh, uh smoked a number of cigars because it's a pretty long movie, but, uh, I did that on, on Christmas night by myself and it was, it was awesome. It was just awesome to share that last, basically those last few moments with my, with my home and, and, uh, you know, you know, thank the good Lord what he's blessed me with. And he's got, he's given me a great family and given me the ability to provide for my family. And, uh, you know, now we have this, uh, this home that we still haven't moved into, even though it's been a year, <laughs> but really, but all our stuff's here, at least, um, we're going to have a great Christmas and it's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, another great Christmas for us. And uh, really looking forward to Christmas morning and the, the kids and everything. So that'll be fun. Uh, well, cool, guys. Well, thank you so much. Uh, last question. Tonight, but that was our asylum moment. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It could be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own post from personal asylum. Moments like these were made for asylum cigars. So light up an asylum and choose your refuge. Uh Tonight's last question is, of course, our Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust curveball segment. Fastballs or curveballs? It doesn't matter since the company's inception. Steve Sock has been knocking out of the park seven consecutive years in the consensus top three. Can he make it eight? We'll find out here in a few weeks. Uh, but congratulations to our good friend, Mr. Steve Saka. So the question I have is this. This is going to require a little deep thinking. I was thinking about this. You know, Christmas concludes our year as we know it. You know, it's the end of a calendar year and for a lot of people, you know, especially Mike and, and Jay and, and Garrett too, you know, you know, business is, this is kind of the end of, uh, you know, of, of your year, obviously uh, it always, you know, Christmas time is a great cigar selling time. Uh, but then after that, it, it kind of goes into a little bit of a lull and you recharge for the rest of the, the next year and everything like that. But, but overall as a society, we've, we've kind of, it's culminated in Christmas being the, the end of the year. So my question is this, would Christmas look different in your in your opinion? Would Christmas look different than it is today, other than temperatures, if it was in the middle of summer and not in December and not at the conclusion of our calendar year? Hmm. So, as uh, former clergy, obviously uh, seminary, um, we from a faith standpoint. Um, it, it's funny. There's a tongue-in-cheek comment that uh, you know my family is, is called me a Scrooge, um, only because I, I criticize uh, Christmas as as a as a pivotal Christian holiday, uh, celebrating the birth of Christ, who was actually born in July, um, and took over for a pagan holiday, which we still have many things in our Christmas. Uh, traditions that, um, you know, tip the hat to, uh, to that. Um, so for me, uh, 
I think Christmas, if we were going to do, you know, the faith, you know, real faith celebration, like we do with Easter, well, and that's commercialized too. And I, I could really get on a soapbox here with this question. So I <laughs> uh, usurping uh, this, but um, for me to do, you know, the real faith uh, type celebration of, you know, Jesus' birth, even though from a faith standpoint, it's not that big of a deal. Easter is uh, the holiday that um, I've, you know, said that's the one that sealed the deal. Um, but uh, I love the parts of Christmas that's about giving, that's about, um, you know, family, togetherness. Um, and if that were in July or June, I would be absolutely fine with that. Um, I think having Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's all bunched pretty close, you know, I would be fine moving Christmas. I really would. Interesting. Jay, what about you? Any thoughts? Well, I mean, similar to Garrett, I mean, I, you know, I don't believe that Jesus was born in December, but to me, the time of year is important because, um, you know, you have sort of a major change in the seasons, particularly having grown up north. But also, you know, it's it's the it's the college football bowl season. It's the <laughs> NFL heading into the playoffs. It's the NBA, which is my favorite sport, really getting going, and and the NHL. And for me, it's um, it just it's part of it. You know, you you have Thanksgiving and you have Christmas, and then you have everything's beginning anew. Um, and it's, you know, I'm a big, the sports is a big thing to me. So I think if it was standalone, like in the middle of July, it would be kind of like, you know, July 4th that, you know, it would happen. It would be great, but it's, just, it's the whole season, you know, it, it's the weather changes, particularly here in Texas, quite dramatically. And, uh, I think it's the whole thing. So for me, it's the, the timing is important and in the time of the year, um, so, yeah, I think it would be different if it was a different part of the calendar. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I agree with the whole season thing. I, I, you're right with the closing out of the, the NFL. I mean, I'm not a big college guy, but, you know, it's 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 going on, you know, all of those things. I, I, I hear you, you know, um, as far as, you know, the religious standpoint, Garrett, yeah, what you say makes, what you say absolutely makes sense. But, you know, there's something about, even in Florida, like, you know, like the, the like the weather changes, you know, there's, there are things going on. Just, it just it feels like there's so many more activities, not only for Christmas, but all those other things that, that are, that are kind of coming around, you know, uh, even with the school closing and, you know, and then you have the new year going into it, like, yeah, there's a big feeling for it. And I, I, I like where it's at, you know, I think in July it wouldn't be as, um, as big as it is, you know, I think that life would be more in the way at that point. Um, but with that being said, as I get older and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but like, it feels like a little less Christmas every single time, you know, there's just, um, more hustle and bustle and less, of, of all of it, like less magic, I guess, for, for lack of better words, but, you know, 
Um, and then like, I, I, you know, and you hear about all these things too, with, with like all these deaths and these suicides and shit. And like, that's so fucking depressing, man. You know? Um, so, you know, I, and like wherever Christmas lands, would it be different if it were in July? Would, would, would it, would it not have as big of an effect on depression for some people? Um, I don't know, maybe, I mean, it's very possible, you know, but like, it's, it's hard, man. It's hard, you know, um, when you hear about all the shit that's going on, you know, and then people just ending their lives and, you know, so as much magic and positivity it has, like, there's a lot of people always going through some shit and, you know, I, I, every year I think about that more and more. I'm like, man, you know, <clears throat> you, you, you deal with, you deal with it, you know? Um, and I don't know how somebody gets to that, that part, you know, but I, I guess part of me can see that, you know, it's, you know, it's the end of the year. You're closing everything out. It's, you know, it's Christmas. It's you miss family people, like people that have passed, you're going through some, something and like some of these people find themselves in such a dark hole that they can't climb out of and, you know, nobody saw it coming and, and then they're gone. And, you know, like the path that they, that they go through and, and what that, what the ripple effect does to the, their loved ones. It's just crazy. So um, I would still kind of keep it where it's at though. You know, I, I really can't imagine it being different. You know, mm-hmm. I just, it's, it's, you know, I think it's just so ingrained in all of us and everything. And, you know, here in Texas, I mean, we don't get white Christmases very often or at all, but you know, like that's, I mean, I know it's pretty standard for, you know, the way you grew up Jay and you know, your life Garrett, you know, but we, and, but Mike and I've never had that Rockwellian Christmas, so to speak, but yeah, it's, it's just, just part of, part of the fabric of, of, for me and it would just be so weird if it was ever changed or anything like that got skip Hafke in the chat was like we don't have to change anything like no no one's <laughs> suggesting that skip don't worry about it man um yeah i'm just i just thought it'd be an interesting curveball question to kind of throw at this for the last uh last last question of the evening and that and that was so um well i want to add something bear you know it's, maybe it's it's covid but something i always liked as a kid was there was it was always a big movie premieres that would come out on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that was another thing too is you know, you go see the new movie and then we always had a tradition on New Year's Day to go bowling. Um and I miss, you know, having blockbuster movies come out December 25th. And I think there's a couple of things coming out this year, but it's not the same. And I think COVID really put a dagger in that. Violent night, bro. <laughs> We can create our own tradition, our new traditions. Like we can all grab our chainsaws and be like Garrett's dad and just go. That's it. Come uh, on up and uh, get your trees. <laughs> Garrett, it's so funny. I watched this. It wasn't a very good movie, but and definitely not for kids. It's I think it's called Terrible Mom's Christmas, and there's this hysterical. Oh yeah. They get drunk and they steal the uh, tree out of Lady Footlocker, and then. <laughs> And then, of course, later, uh, Mila Kunis and her mom, they, they go cut down the neighbor's tree. So that's in my mind as you're describing all this. And, uh, that, that's what I'm going to take away from this show is uh, you, you and your dad uh, stealing trees. <laughs> a lot of good stories from tonight. A lot of good stories from tonight. And uh, just a lot of things to think on. Uh, a lot of things about giving back, celebration. Uh, you know, changing a uh, changing of the guards, so to speak, as we pass the traditions down to our children, um, and uh, 
you know, everything like that. So guys, I can't thank you enough. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I hope, I uh, hope uh, you guys enjoyed attending my Christmas party this, this, this year. And, uh, and I hope you guys enjoyed your pairings uh, and uh, good storytelling, good times. And I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, Cause it was, it was, it was a real thrill to speak with you guys and uh, celebrate this time of year. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, truly an honor. Really was. Well, everyone out, thanks for, uh, thanks to our audience for staying up late with us as always. And uh, you can always check out our podcast on YouTube. Uh, the, uh, the YouTube channel is Ellis for more, or you listen. Happy on. Oh, you're back. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> Whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure you hit the download, subscribe, and review button. If you are a subscriber, do me a favor, hit unsubscribe. But don't forget to hit resubscribe because that allows me, that improves my numbers, allows me to get great guests like these three gentlemen every night. Jay, we're going to have you back. We're going to give you a true proper takes welcome. We're going to go into the Jay Davis story uh, one of these days. I'll, I'll definitely have you back, sir. But thanks for jumping in and sharing your uh, your Christmas stories uh, of the past, present, and uh, hopefully traditions to carry on in the future. So thank you to Jay Davis of Blue Smoke of Dallas, uh, shutting down his shop Uh tonight and with us it was a it was a pleasure having you on uh garrett robinson of how about that cigar uh check out his uh great content on how about that cigar they just changed up their review process uh so all new reviews coming out on how about that cigar he just gave uh the knuckle sandwich in 91 i saw uh is anything from postania uh on the on the horizon for how about that cigar given gonna give him a, a solid rating one of these days um I think it's a 103. It's a solid 70 is what it is. <laughs> no, I would I would love to review your cigar. Yeah, man. You can tell me whatever you need from me. I'm happy to help. Awesome. I'll reach out. Yeah, man. Terrific. What's uh what uh any any Jay, I forgot I'm sorry to give you the plat the, the stage for a second. Any any events coming up for Blue Smoke? Oh, uh just as that time of the year where Prometheus and Fuente are sending all kinds of cool stuff, um, you know, and not event related, but something that Mike was talking about got me thinking. Uh, I was talking to my daughter today uh, about having her and her husband over for Christmas. And my daughter really blessed me. She said, uh, you know, so-and-so, uh, she doesn't have anyone to spend Christmas with. Is it okay if she spends time with us? And I was thinking that'd be a good send off to people that, you know, if there's people that they don't have anyone for Christmas, you know, make sure that they're not doing it alone. And I, that really made me feel great that my daughter was thinking about this person, that, that she would not have to be alone for Christmas. And I'm like, absolutely, have her come on over. We'll have a great time. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to be talking with Oliver, actually, on Tuesday. We're going to be putting together something for United Cigars. And we're pretty excited about that. And um, I don't know if anything will happen in uh, Q1 or Q2, but we're hoping to get Henderson uh, out here to Dallas and, and uh, showcase his cigars. Uh, a lot of my customers don't know him, and I, I just think he's an incredible guy. And Pete Johnson's promising the next time he comes to Dallas, because he's never done an event at our store, we will be the, the first pick. So we're looking for Pete coming out probably in the next three to four months. So stay oh, tuned. Terrific. terrific. Mike, uh, Cigar Hustler, uh, you can always check him out online, CigarHustler.com. Or uh, if you're in, next time you're in Deltona, go to Cigar Hustler. It's a fantastic shop that I have not been able to grace my presence with. But I'm looking forward to my next trip to Florida to be able to hopefully do that. Uh, Mike, what's going on uh, with Cigar Hustler? 
for the holidays? Um, uh, well, you know, holidays, we're pretty much done where we're at. You know, we just did a, a customer appreciation event, which is awesome. I love it every year. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, we finally opened up our private membership club downstairs and we actually uh, gifted a lucky member six months free downstairs. So that was really cool. It's always, you know, we always like to do a big prize and it was fun to do that this year. Next month, uh, Mickey Peg, man, we're, we're gonna have Mickey Peg. We're gonna bring him on in the shop. And we wanted to bring him in December. It was just too much going on. So we wanted to give him the right attention that he deserves with his brand. So uh, that's what we got in the pipeline moving forward for January. So. You're muted. We'll be looking forward to seeing that and some really cool stuff. Ed, uh, you know, Jay was talking about Prometheus and Opus and everything, and I know uh, Cigar Hustler has uh, a vault. You've got the you've got the unicorn yeah. stash. Uh, you can check that out online, and if you're ever, I'm sure you can also. There's probably a, a bigger variety even in the store too that you could probably scope out when you're when you walk in. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, we're starting to run low on some of that vault stuff. You know, uh, the word's cotton on, so. So, you know, it's starting to get a little thin, bro. It's starting to get a little thin. Everybody eats, right, Mike? Everybody, everybody eats. Everybody eats. Everybody gets to enjoy it. So uh, looking forward to all of these great things and more. Thank you again so much to our audience for sticking with us. Uh, thank you for everyone. Uh, as always, guys, Merry Christmas to all. I'm Barrett Flissy, live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Hazel, Texas. You guys have a great time. We'll see you next time.